This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com, use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that too. Oh yeah, all really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. This week's extra long, extra action-packed episode of Headlock Talk. We've got New Japan, New Japan Cup Finals, we've got Dominion, Great American Bash, Fighter Fest, Extreme Rules, and so much more. My head is spinning. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from me here, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. What's going on, man? Oh, man. A lot. Yeah. A lot's going on. <laughs> a lot's going on all over the place. Yeah. It's going to be quite interesting trying to fit all of this into one show. Well, we're going to do our absolute best here, folks. Oh, yeah. And uh, a little, um, let, let me let me break the fourth wall, okay? 
Yes, I know. Oh, my. We're recording this on Saturday, but we will also, at the end of the episode, you'll be hearing from not only us, but also the Queen of NE herself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as she stops by Headlock Talk Radio here and talks about GCW and New Japan as well. So, uh, with that being said... Uh, you're kind of getting a two-parter here, a little, little bit, of, a little bit of both. Uh, you'll get some of this from uh, from us here today, and then uh, tomorrow, also this episode, mm-hmm. we're doing some time traveling here. I think. Yeah. You're listening to this on Monday, but we're recording this on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Right. Because we're talking to the Queen of Any later on this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. So if you're already confused, then that's a good place to start. Because <laughs> we got a lot going on here, Stephen. Um, how about you, man? Are you doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, you I'm got these. Good. You've been playing a lot of bass recently. I've seen you've got these massive blisters. I on do your, on your fingers. I do have these massive blisters. Been I've been learning some, some slap stuff. Yeah, uh, How's it it, uh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. Yes, yes. Uh, last I remembered, it it does hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never done it before uh, until yesterday, and then uh, yeah, the, these blisters, man. You should have seen them like right when it like right when it happened. It was nuts, crazy stuff. Yeah, but oh. no, I'm doing good. We just watched some GCW. Yeah, some really crazy stuff. It's fun times. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll talk to Queen all about it yes. later on in the episode. Um, but uh, let's kick it off here with some crazy news happening as of the time of this recording. Here, um, Evil uh, has won the New Japan Cup, kind of out of nowhere. It yeah. seems. Um, uh, and a little bit of controversy here too, of course. Evil has betrayed Lij. Uh, basically, Evil had some help from Ghetto as well as some fellow, fellow Bullet Club members, uh, which led to Okada's ultimate downfall. And then when Naito came out to congratulate um, uh, Evil, he gave the good old Lij salute, mm. which was met by. Evil giving him the two sweet mm, mm. and uh, proceeded with a beat down from Bullet Club. Uh, yeah, man, lots of crazy stuff there. Yeah, I mean it. It's really cool. Like we we were talking about this in the car, and like obviously New Japan, their their whole faction thing is fantastic. But this is just a really cool way for it to be like, yeah, Naito, you're you're champ champ, but uh, man, you got to protect like your backyard. You know what I mean? Like your home is not in order now. And you got to deal with that too. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's kind of crazy is like, look, if you had this anywhere near your score sheet, you know, ultimate props to you because I don't think anybody saw this coming. Right. Um. It it, it does make um, it does make for an interesting time for Lij though. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always been the tease of Shingo uh, trying to contest Naito's leadership mm-hmm. uh sonata's kind of always been a little bit of a free spirit um even hiromu had challenged uh naito uh, back before covid mm-hmm. really became a, a major issue um uh, bushi's never really done anything to really stand up to naito but that's neither here nor there right uh, so yeah lij's house is definitely not in order steven mm-hmm mm-hmm now, tomorrow is New Japan Dominion, uh, so with that being said, uh, we will be covering that later on in this episode, uh, you know, because again, Saturday, Sunday. Time know, travel. Time traveling. You know. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> um, so, it looks as though we've got actually a pretty good uh, card here for New Japan Dominion. Uh, let me pull that up real quick. I mean, was there any doubt? 
<laughs> I never doubt it with New Japan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely... Um, uh, I mean, this has definitely been quite a major surprise, and it's a good way for New Japan to kind of kick things off. Mm-hmm. Um, we've so far got three matches announced for New Japan Dominion. Obviously, Tetsuya Naito versus Evil, uh, which is a it's gonna be, it's it's a lot bigger of a match than what we thought it would be. Well, um, and they made it feel big too with like that that surprise, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Um, you're, we're also gonna have Golden Ace, which is Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi taking on. Uh, the Dangerous Techers, uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, that should be good. And then uh, Shingo Takagi uh, will be defending the Never Openweight Championship against Sho in what should be a barn burner of a match. Yeah. Um, so all good things here, Steven. Um, but Evil in Bullet Club, how do you see this fairing? I mean, I don't know. See, whenever... You know the the Americans of Bullet Club, like Kenny Omega and, and those people left. Uh, you know they had Jay White move up into there, and it was kind of like some people liked it, some people didn't. But I mean, if they're if they're now recruiting new members, you know, Evil's coming back in. Maybe we could see this this big resurgence of Bullet Club. Maybe eventually, maybe if Evil doesn't beat Naito, maybe it, it'll be like Jay White versus Naito. Hmm. That's a definite definite possibility. Mm-hmm. Definite a possibility, absolutely. Well, because, I mean, you've had Naito. He's already gone through uh, Kenta, right? And uh, Evil as well. Uh, um, well, He's going to have that match um, at Dominion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could certainly see Jay White being the maybe possibly next one in line. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you still have out of the big four that were in the... Um, that title hunt there uh, over the course of um, Russell Kingdom, fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you we're still we're still looking for Ibushi and Okada waiting in the wings here. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, me personally, I would love to see uh, Naito retain the titles, just because this this kind of thing that they've set up is a great way to continue a storyline between Bullet Club and Lij. Mm-hmm. If Evil just takes the title off him, then it's like, okay, Bullet Club's on top again. And then where do they go from there? You know, but if Naito is able to successfully defend the title, then that really gives Bullet Club even more means to keep going after them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, some related news here. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, uh, mm. he, he, it was confirmed that he's had a fever, possible symptoms of COVID. Um, so he, he's definitely been uh, away, quarantining away from the rest of the roster. Um, our thoughts go out to him and his family. Hope he makes a speedy recovery. Absolutely. H- have they mentioned anything about testing or uh, with well, regards to Minoru Suzuki? Um, I don't. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. They said the last time that he tested, he was negative, is what I read. But again, they've probably they're probably testing him again now, right? Um, just to be on the safe side. Um, but uh, yes, uh, Suzuki Goon um, uh, will be challenging Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi for the tag team titles. Uh, question, Stephen: mm-hmm. Why would Zack Saber Jr. pick Taichi to be his tag team partner? Man, I don't really know. <laughs> Honestly, uh, <laughs> I, I don't really know. They seem like very much an odd couple. I mean, yeah, I, I would think so, just because Zack Saber Jr. is like so, uh, like in his own class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Taichi, uh, I know there's a lot of Taichi fans out there, but like for me, Taichi's like a little bit lackluster mm-hmm. in, in like his his element. So it is kind of a weird pairing. Taichi is absolutely the weak link in, in that pairing, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. 
could be good, but but yeah. definitely like you said, rather weird. Yeah, my my preference obviously would have been Suzu- uh, Minoru Suzuki himself teaming with Zack Saber Jr. But right, p- perhaps there there's this, uh, obviously the silver lining here, especially with uh, Suzuki, um, you know, in his current state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see where things go there. Uh, and then obviously Shingo Takagi versus Show for the Never Openweight Title. That match is going to be out of this world. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. Yeah, Shingo was one of like my first favorites in, in New Japan just because he's he's just so good. And he's and, just and so good for good reason too. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's he's very good. And then him and Show put on an outstanding match at Best of the Super Juniors last year. This match should also live up to that hype. Uh, they had another amazing match during the Best of the Super Juniors. Not Best of the Super Juniors. Mm, New Japan Cup. Yeah, that's that's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see where things go with that. Um, so we'll, I, I fully expect for this match, with it being a title match too, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, Dominion's already shaping up to look good. You know, uh, ha- Have they said how many like more matches will be on Dominion or... Uh, and there's, I don't have anything officially announced yet, but okay. uh, I would definitely recommend tuning in and catching it here. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we can wake up early enough to catch all of it before talking to Queen. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So that, that'll be later on in the show because time, Cause, cause time travel. Time travel. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting show from, from a timeline perspective. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Let's go back in time a little bit further from okay. today, though. Um, man. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. It, it's time that we all bask in his glory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Lee is now champ champ, uh, North American champ and NXT heavyweight champ. Uh, Steven, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've said a few weeks ago uh, that uh, this is one of those occasions, uh, those weird, awkward times in NXT where it seems like uh, we're kind of caught in the middle between eras here. Right, right. We, we, we were exiting at, uh, one golden era that um, what was compiled of uh, Gargano, Ciampa, Andrade, um, Andrade to a lesser extent, uh, but, but also like Undisputed Era, Matt Riddle, Ricochet, all these crazy guys, Alistair Black, Alistair Black, especially. Yep. Um, it now feels like we're entering into a new era, mm-hmm. a new era with um, a lot of big personalities, uh, and, and I think the crowning of Keith Lee as champion marks that era here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I know I've said this before on on the podcast, but uh, you know, I was I was getting Adam Cole was getting a little stale for me. Personally, just his his title reign was so long, and, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. Like I love Adam Cole, but it was just getting very stale, and, and it was very same same a lot of the time. Uh, but Keith Lee, man, yeah. Keith Lee, Keith Lee, he did it. Uh-huh. We now have a new champ, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, you're right. This does usher in a new era because Adam Cole's been at the top for so long, over a year. Over a year, it's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I did fully expect for for if Keith Lee was to win this match, mm-hmm. I didn't expect for it to be as clean as it was. I fully expect like the big um, Gargano treatment where all of Undisputed Era runs down and piles on Keith Lee, takes advantage of the referee, blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. you know, and then makes Keith Lee out into this 
unstoppable monster to, to like rally a comeback and then to put away all of Undisputed Era. Right, and, and I definitely understand that sentiment. I, I think what they were going for is just like trying to show you that not quite like this, but Keith Lee is absolutely better than Adam Cole, is yeah. how they were trying to show it. And, and I get that sentiment, but you still would have gotten that same sentiment had he actually plowed through all of Undisputed Era. Yeah. And even more so, also, because yeah. that means that he went through all of Undisputed Era and Adam Cole and still won. So mm-hmm. I see what they were going for. I think it would have been more emphatic if it was just like, hey, this is Keith Lee, and he's now ended Undisputed Era. Like, right. literally, metaphorically, everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is this indicative of what Undisputed Era's got going on next? Because it, mm. the, it almost seemed like they didn't want to bury Undisputed Era. Perhaps. So what's next for them? You know, are they mm. going to, to move up? Are they going to stay in NXT? Mm. I don't really know, but it seems like, at least in my opinion, uh, that they're going to stay together for now wherever they are, uh, wherever they end up going. And and I think that might be why they didn't have the interference. Mm. Perhaps. Um, I think that this is going to be this is going to be very interesting because now we're we're transitioning away, and and I could be totally um, I could be totally off in this prediction. But I feel like I have a good enough feel for NXT to where I can kind of call these things here mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I, we're, we're exiting this era of the smaller wrestler, right? Uh, in NXT, at least, I feel. Uh, we're exiting the era of the Adam Coles, the Ricochets, the, the Aleister Blacks. Aleister, a, he's a sizable guy, but he's, he's not, he's not he's lean. lean. Yeah, he's lean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Champas, the Garganos, they're still on NXT as well, but you know they're they're not really as prominent anymore. Um, I, I think we're entering into more of a big man era again for uh, uh, NXT specifically. Yeah, uh, I, I mean it definitely seems to be the case. Um, what do you think's the cause of that? Do you, do you think uh, may, maybe uh, Vince? Uh, that's a lot of beef, McMahon. Yeah, is involved in this. I absolutely think it is. Yeah, I absolutely think that it is. I think that he's also pretty high on Keith Lee. I think he really wants Keith Lee on the main roster at some point, and for good reason. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Keith Lee. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look at the rest of the roster too. You've got you've got Dominic Dijakovic, uh, who will almost certainly have a title match with with Keith Lee at some point. They're very good friends. I'm sure they're going to continue their story. In and some they work regard. so well together. They work very very well together. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're definitely going to see that. Um, obviously, um, there is a lot of foreshadowing with Karrion and Cross. Whether or not they're going to go automatically to that feud, I have no idea. Um, I would like them to savor that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't, I still think it would be too early to take the title off of Keith Lee and just give it to Killer Cross. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but um. There is one big match that I really, really want Keith Lee to stick around and do. What's that? Keith Lee versus Walter. Mm. I would really love to see that match. Yeah. So I hope that we can get Walter into the country somehow, some way, sometime soon, and, and, and do this match with Keith Lee. I think that would absolutely be bonkers. Yeah, I, I mean, with, I don't know, following Adam Cole uh, and, and his completely dominant title reign is going to be very hard to do um keith lee is a guy that is capable of doing that though so if if he's going to stick around uh, which i think he will be 
I think at some point we will get that Volter match. I hope so, man. Yeah, that's that. That's a tasty matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, two two big men who can really put on a good show. I feel like absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're really are ushering into this era. I mean, you've got also Dexter Loomis. Uh, you can call him a big man if you want. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think we're we're going into another direction here, folks. And I think that Keith Lee being marked the champion uh, marks this era here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a better, more deserving person on the roster to be Champ Champ, I think, than Keith Lee. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, uh, from one Texas gentleman to another, let us all bask in Keith Lee's glory. Absolutely, Steven. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, also, Fighter Fest was on this past uh, Wednesday as well. Uh, Fighter Fest, I thought, was a better overall show than Great American Bash, mm-hmm. though. Though that that main event at Great American Bash was absolutely killer, for sure. Um, talk to me a, bit, a little bit about Fighter Fest, Stephen. What were your thoughts about the show? I thought it was great, honestly. Um, I, I will say, let me just pull up my notes here real quick. Uh, I had a few mm-hmm. for for both nights here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did really enjoy the uh, Orange Cassidy and, and Jericho match. That was very well done. Yeah, I thought it, it was very well done. Um, I don't really know what I was expecting from mm. it, but it got me exactly what I wanted. I, I mean, Jericho definitely was very dominant uh, throughout the match, but so was Orange at, at certain points too. And, and they definitely brought out, uh, you know, Cassidy's his like joking demeanor uh, about certain things. And I hope that they keep that like kick super kick thing that he did at the end, where mm. he he did the fake kicks and then he faked him out and did the super kick at the end. I hope that's like. A thing now and like mm. one of his finishers because it, it fits him so well um but no i i really enjoyed it i i do think that night two was just that much better uh than mm. night one personally uh the highlight from night one was definitely the um the jurassic express mjf ward low match for me i thought that was really really good and and i'll say this until i'm blue in the face i know i've said it before ward low is so good yes he give is. him a singles push i love him so much yeah um, he's very very good yeah uh but yeah fighter fest man hey yeah i liked it um yeah i i mean kenny omega and uh hangman page took on private party which mm-hmm. was very good you also had that eight-man tag match with uh ftr and the young bucks versus the lucha bros the lucha brothers rather yeah and uh butcher and blade uh which is also spectacular um th- those matches were just so so good See, and I like that eight-man tag match, too, because, one, it was bonkers as hell, like, the entire time. But also, we got to see a lot of Butcher and Blade in that match. See, like, obviously, you know, Lucha Bros, uh, FTR, Young Bucks, they're all great, and we all know that. Um, But Butcher and Blade, they're great, too, but we don't get to see a lot of them. And and they were a really great part in that match. They really were. I, I really did enjoy... Uh, their part in the match, and I thought it made a lot of sense, you know, everything that they did, and then obviously uh, it displayed, the story of the match was it displayed how FTR and the Young Bucks are such great tag teams, and they, they actually worked very well together, they coexisted very, very well. Seamlessly. But all it took was just one mistake, and and, and that was it for them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it really shows kind of how, I don't know, just, uh, you know, it, it's starting to build. 
I, I guess is the right thing. It's starting to to really weave the story here with these two teams for sure. Yeah, and I am so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be good stuff there. Um, obviously, we also have uh, Fight for the Fallen coming this Wednesday for AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's big stuff happening there. Uh, one of the more controversial things uh, about Fighter Fest, though. Uh, was the unveiling of the FTW Championship mm. uh, by Taz. He he said uh, that he's passing down his life's work onto Keith. Uh, not to Keith. He's giving Keith Lee the title again. No, yeah, right. No, um, he's, <laughs> Cross promotion. <laughs> whoa. No, he, he's passing down the FTW Championship to Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, Brian Cage, uh, very, very good. Mm-hmm. The timing seems a little bit odd to me, though, Stephen. It's strange. It's definitely strange. Um, I, I don't really know what they were going for here, just because it doesn't really add anything to the story. Mm. Um, you know, if if Brian Cage does go on to to lose at at a fight for the fallen, like I think he will, then that title really means nothing, even though it yeah. it really already means nothing, right? Because it was just handed to him. So. I don't know. It's just kind of confusing why they decided to do that. I I, I really think that um, you know we were we were talking about this in the car. Um, if you want to have something like this be special, you have to make it special. You can't just like will it into existence. You know what I mean? Like like you had mentioned this. Um, a, a much better way to do this is to have Brian Cage just for months and months go through the entire roster, just look like an absolute monster, and then give him that title, because then it means something, because he's proven that he's a monster. And so, give the monster the title. But now it's like, okay, I mean, we saw him at Revolution, and it was kind of cool. Um, he injured Darby Allen. That That's, I mean, that's like the, the craziest, most monstrous thing he's done. And then, now he has that title. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, so, and you pointed this out, and 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 I, I want to flesh out that idea a little bit more here. And I've said it online a few times, but I'll, I'll say it again. Um, had Brian Cage been here for six months already, mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing. Yeah, have him mow down literally everybody in his path. Have him do a couple big feuds. You know, I think the one with Darby Allen seems to be intriguing. Um, I mean, he he could uh, he could feud with pretty much anybody. You know, have him tear down everybody in his path, and then six months down the line, have Taz, who is still his manager, give him that FTW championship, and really push it in that direction for a feud for another three months with John Moxley. Right, build that feud up. You know, make it cool, make it good stuff. Because at mm-hmm. that point, we'll will le- that legitimizes. Brian Cage, for sure, right, and that legitimizes the title because it's it feels like it's well built and well earned and all this stuff, and then he could lose to John Moxley. Now I think that's where the assumption is is that he is going to be losing to John Moxley. I I really don't know because now putting this title on him feels a little bit weird and it feels like we might have a schmoz finish where there's nothing where where no titles change hands. Mm. I feel I feel like there will be a no contest of some sort to keep Brian Cage looking good and to keep. You know, John Moxley, you know, uh, as champ. Yeah. I, I mean, damn it. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that that totally could happen. Sorry to break any hearts out there. Yeah, right. You know? I mean, I'm not trying to play spoiler here, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that it's the only way to keep both guys looking strong unless you drop, you know, you have Moxley drop the title to, to Brian mm. Cage. But, Which it's way too early for that. Well, and, and 
arguably Moxley's your biggest star outside of Jericho. Absolutely. Yeah. And I arguably mean, Omega too, but uh. Right. Um I don't know. Like the the whole all of the timing on Brian Cage has been a little weird for me. Uh his debut was explosive. It was awesome. And then it it just kind of fell flat off of there. They they put him into that feud with Moxley right off the bat mm-hmm. with, with no build, and, and now I'm supposed to think that Brian Cage is just this crazy monster, not because he's proven it to me, but because you told me to think that. And, and well, so he, he has proven it. He's very violent. This man is very large and yeah, very, but very like, dominant. I don't know. You you have to build him into the AEW canon. You you can't just be like. Man, he's aggressive. Well, yeah, I, I, I think, and that comes with time, right? And exactly. That's, and that's kind of what, what my point was is like, if you, if he was there for longer, I can see you doing this, right? And if there was a lot more time between him facing Moxley, then that makes the title still make sense because he mm-hmm. could still for three months go around and still beat down people and be like, I'm the FTW champion and blah blah blah, right? Right. Um, that that's still very much a viable thing. Um, so who knows? You know who knows what's going to happen. Um, I I foresee a no contest kind of finish, but that's just me. Yeah. I think the story will continue in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, right. I mean, you're probably right though. I mean, who knows? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> who, who knows? Um, also on the fight for the fallen card, Cody with Ann, uh with Arn Anderson, not Ann Anderson. I don't know who Ann Anderson is. That is his wife. Possibly. Hmm. Uh, Cody with Arn Anderson uh, will be taking on Sonny Kiss uh, for the uh, AEW TNT Championship. Uh, we'll also have FTR versus the Lucha Brothers for the first time ever. Yes. That's going to be an amazing match. Yes. And then also we'll have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks taking on the Jurassic Express uh, in what should be a very fun match as well. So, yeah, Fight for the Fallen. It's got a pretty stacked card. It's looking pretty good. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let me see here. In other news, um, Matt Riddle. Um, we talked about this a little bit before, um, but, but we'll, we'll go back to it. Obviously, in the wake of hashtag speaking out, um, Matt Riddle, uh, you know, some of the details of his private life and the affairs that he's had have come to light, um, and his accuser. Um, uh, definitely made some some very you know uh, some very um, crazy allegations. Uh, not not crazy in a terrible way, not crazy in a demeaning way, but like it's just very um, some very upsetting allegations for yeah. sure. Like it's, uh, I mean, to imagine somebody doing that to another person is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Matt Riddle himself went on Twitter and posted a video. Um, he very serious, obviously. He, you can tell that he didn't want to really talk too much about this, but he he did go into detail about his side of the story, uh, saying how this was an affair that he had, um, that he is not um, a um, uh, a sexual abuser. You know, he's, he's trying to clear his name. He's obviously very embarrassed that he had an affair um, outside of his marriage. Um, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say here is um, a few weeks ago, I had mentioned that I'm not very much a, a cancel culture kind of person. I'm not a very PC kind of person either. I, I totally do believe in the freedom of speech. Um, but um, to ironically quote David Starr, uh, which is weird, uh, <laughs> I'm also a believer in the freedom of consequence. I believe that if you are being an asshole, 
and you say stupid things, you pretty much deserve what what's coming to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, if if um, uh, if you say something outrageous and it gets caught on on video, um, like what's happened with uh, a lot of uh, I don't know, very strange people and Karens. And these kinds of, of of people out there in the universe who have been outrageous over the last year or two, yeah. Um, and something happens to you uh, in reference to that, you probably deserved it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, right. You made a stupid decision. Yeah, you made a very dumb decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like a like a form of Darwinism, I think, in my mind. <laughs> um, I guess in regards to Matt Riddle, um, obviously he has the freedom to say these things. Um, and, uh, his accuser has the, the right and the freedom to make her accusations as well. Um, this still goes into kind of what I said previously, where it was like, I don't know how much of an investigation we can do about this. It's, it's really a, he said, she said matter. If what she's saying is, is absolutely true, uh, then that's, that's awful. Um, and Matt Riddle will end up eating crow for, for these kinds of, uh, the statements that he's making, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, uh, I just don't know how we can how we can prove these things. Right, like where do we go from here? Where do we go? Where yeah, where, what's the next step here in this story? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess is 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 my question. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is because a... if he did these things, if he did these awful things, then I absolutely think that there should be retribution and punishment for it for sure. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it's it's very he said she said. Uh, I, I'm not sure how to prove it one, one way or the other. You know, um, we we've heard her side of the story. We we've now heard Matt's side of the story. Um, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, very odd stuff. And mm-hmm. um, uh, like I said, I'm not defending Matt. I'm not. I'm not. Um, accusing him i'm not uh defending her or accusing her either mm-hmm. um i just think that this is a very uh, complicated story um yeah, that I, that really only two people know the truth about exactly and i i really hope that the truth can be found mm-hmm. you know because like you said if uh if it comes out that these accusations are true then then yeah there there needs to be some some retribution uh for this we'll have to wait and see we shall wait and we shall see, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to something a little bit lighter here. Uh, the 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 contract status of uh, Rey Mysterio and Kyrie Sane is very um, interesting, to say the least. Uh, per uh, Wrestling Observer, uh, blah, 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 blah. Wrestling, words, <laughs> words. Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, uh, Rey Mysterio has reportedly not signed a new WWE contract. Um, uh, but uh, per per also Jim Ross. Uh, he he does believe that Rey Mysterio has inked a new WWE deal. Um, so How would Jim Ross know? I think he just might have a hunch. I no, don't know. Fair enough. Um, but uh, regardless, Rey Mysterio's contract is rumored to be coming up due soon, if not already expired. Uh, so um, we're not really sure where that leaves Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Uh, could he continue to be in WWE and just work pay-per-use date? Or it, could he be going to AEW or New Japan or somewhere else? Who knows? I mean, yeah, uh, like you said, who knows? I, I really think with with AEW, um, 
I mean, he he would have so many opportunities in AEW. Oh They're yeah, just really just fantastic matches everywhere. Well, think of how many people in AEW were influenced by Rey Mysterio. Absolutely, absolutely. Like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I even you know dropped a couple of uh, of names on you there uh, previously, mm-hmm. um, and uh, while well, well, we were in the car ride over here, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think he, the amount of matches that he could have are going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, D- Dave Meltzer even had a quote recently where where someone asked him like. Uh, who's the most influential wrestler of this past decade? And, and Dave Meltzer said, Rey Mysterio, and it's not even close if you think about it. Yeah. And, and he's right in a lot of ways. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was Rob Van Dam who tweeted out the, the question, who's the most influential mm-hmm. wrestler to this modern generation? And Dave, Dave answered Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Rey's certainly... A huge name. Obviously, they they trust him as being a big player because they put him in the very first All In card. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that's that's a very big deal. See, and there's already that kind of relationship there too. Yep, there's that connection. It's just, does AEW want to continue being the ex WWE place? And that, and we we've posed this question before. Um, I will say, in my personal opinion, I think Ray trumps that entire argument personally yeah uh i mean yeah you don't want to be the place that's known as where all the ex wwe guys go but it's freaking ray mysterio like can you like how can you not jump on that opportunity if that opportunity does present itself well and that's i mentioned i argued the same thing a few weeks ago about jeff hardy right jeff hardy is another guy who i think is like um very influential actually on this modern generation i mean you look at the young bucks and obviously they're influenced by tag teams of the of the 80s and 90s um, but they're also, I mean, <laughs> the Hardys are very much an influence on, uh, on Matt and Nick Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't not sign Jeff Hardy if you're given the opportunity to sign him. Especially since you have Matt, Har- Matt Hardy already. Right. Like, like I'll, I'll be completely blunt. I think that they've made some great ex-WWE signings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but I, I think that the Brody Lee one is a little bit of a slip. Yeah, personally, it's definitely not the strongest. It, it, it hasn't come across as the strongest mm-hmm. for me personally, um, and I've made allusions to that in the show, and I, I never really wanted to come out right and say it, but I mean, look, it's it's very much true. I don't feel like Brody Lee's nearly as strong. I felt like it was very much one of those like shock factor kind of things, and then yeah. now the shock's kind of wearing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, I, I mean, the thing with Brody Lee too is, is he kind of had the same treatment as as Brian Cage did. Where it's just like, okay, he's here, now he's going for the title. Like, immediately. And uh, Brody Lee, uh, Mr. Brody Lee, the exalted one, the the character uh, that he plays on Dynamite, um, I kind of have similarities to The Fiend. Not, Not in the sense of, like, the character itself, but he shouldn't care about the title. Like he he just shouldn't care about the title that that like the character that he is should not care um, and, and to have Brody Lee come in there uh, immediately immediately put him in the title scene and then have him lose it, I mean you you pulled the rug out from underneath him before he even really got started so I definitely I definitely can agree with you on the Brody Lee thing um, I don't think it's Brody. Or even the character itself, it's just the treatment of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had reported previously also Kyrie Sane uh, was going to be heading back to Japan, but it does appear as though she's been at least offered a new contract with WWE per Sports Kita mm. and uh, writer uh, who wrote this piece of work, uh, Kishan Prasad. Uh, so there you go. Um, apparently she's been offered a new contract deal. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's interesting because it appears as though she was going to Japan, but then she returned to raw this past week. Um, so I don't know what the turnaround is yet. I don't know if she's accepted a new contract. I don't know if there's anything, anything further developed there, but it does seem as though she's at least nearing the end of her current deal. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's back on raw. Right, right. Would you want her to still stay in WWE, or would a return back to Japan maybe be uh, more better suited for Kyrie Sane? Um, I, I mean, just based on what what Kyrie said, uh, it seems like she absolutely wants to go back to Japan. So, I, I mean, Kyrie's great. I would love for for her to stay in WWE, but if she wants to go back to Japan. That's great too. I, I mean, she'll she'll do great things wherever she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really think it, it's it's important for Kyrie to do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, WWE doesn't have a fantastic track record with the treatment of their contractors, <laughs> their sports entertainers. Uh, so so if she wants to go back to Japan, more power to her. Well, and that kind of goes back to, around to the Rey Mysterio thing, too, I think, just for just a quick moment here, because I know we've got a lot of other things to touch on here in the show. Yeah. But uh, with Rey Mysterio, one thing that he's probably looking at, too, is, you know, uh, for his son, Dominic, who he's obviously wanting to break into the wrestling business, um, who do you trust to to help develop his son's career? AEW. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's AEW. <laughs> I mean, th- th- that's a big one because they've got a lot of very experienced people backstage who let can me just, help out. Let me just say this, not WWE. Yeah, I mean, he, he, QT Marshall could probably teach Dominic a lot um, and really get him ready for the for the in-ring kind of thing there. If you really wanted to go next level, you would take him to the New Japan Dojo and have uh, Shibata beat the tar out of Dominic yeah. for, for a year or two, and then, you know, <laughs> Dominic would know, you know, all of the things. Yeah. Literally all the things and the stuff. Um, but then you also have the, the, the NXT system. And, I mean, honestly, um, I, I think that maybe... I, and I, I'm speaking as somebody who's never been in the wrestling business, so mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt. Um, but but I think that with most kind of jobs, um, you, you would want to know as much as you possibly can. Um, and, and I think maybe learning from somebody like QT Marshall or Shibata, for that matter, uh, would get you more than prepared for any kind of wrestling environment that you would ever want to go into. Yeah, So for sure. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway... Anyway, any hoosers. Speaking again further on Rey Mysterio, let's talk about the horror show at Extreme Rules, which is next Sunday. Do we have to? Yes, we I'm have kidding. to. I'm kidding. Well, let me ask you an honest question, Stephen. I mean, is there anything about this show that excites you, like at all? Mm. Okay. Uh, the, moving on then. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this: looking here at the match card. Uh, the one match that really jumps out to me is Oscar versus Sasha Banks. That should be very, very good. I, I'm, I'm really actually excited for Oscar versus Sasha Banks. Sasha has been um, probably at her highest peak of form since you know the early days of her feud with Charlotte. 
uh, back in the day. Uh, so I really like that matchup. Uh, we've also got Drew McIntyre versus Zolf, uh, Zolf Diggler. Zolf Diggler. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> in a uh, to-be-determined gimmick match for the WWE Championship. Um, to be determined, huh? Yeah, TBD. Hmm. All right, then. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Drew's not losing the title here. No. I, I, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> not to Dolph. No, not to Dolph. Not to Zolf. Not to Zolf Diggler. <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a great name for a certain um, performance industry, I think. Um, <laughs> moving right along. Um, Bailey versus Nikki Cross in a singles match for the women's championship, a SmackDown women's championship rather. Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt Swamp fight. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like what? What is that? Uh, n- no, nobody knows. Uh, um, it, I mean, it, it'll it's... probably take place right next to where they did the bone the bone hole match um, <laughs> from gonna, WrestleMania 30. I was going to say six. It's probably going to be similar to. To the boneyard kind of, yeah, the bone hole stuff. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yeah, th- there seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that they're doing that it's going to be in the cinematic style here, mm-hmm. um, which um, seems a bit overblown for me, but that's okay. Uh, somebody out there has to like it. That's somebody's name's Vince. Yes. Um, Apollo Cruz versus MVP for, uh, in a singles match for the United States Championship. Um, so MVP unveiled his version of the United States Championship, um, which is uh, the most Murica thing I've ever seen in my whole life. It's so bad. It looks, um, yeah, it reminds me that I need to vote this November. Um, <laughs> it's just a big golden eagle for at least part of its body. Well, the, but the its tail and its head are silver. Are silver for some reason. I don't know. Um, it's not a bad looking belt, um, but it's um, it's not terrible. But it, it's like, awfully gaudy looking. How could you replace <laughs> the original? The, not original, but the the United States Championship, the current, the, the current with with this one. It, it's just. And it's just trip yeah, right on the front of it. Dude, it, I hate it. Like, I hate it. I, I do not like it at all. It, and it doesn't help that I that the current U.S. title I love. Uh, so, I don't know. That's probably part of the reason that I hate it so much. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I really don't like it. <laughs> it's... It's very strange. Yeah. Um, so that that's a that's a something. There were some uh, edits that I've seen of it though on Reddit. Yeah. Uh, that made it a little bit better. It does look a bit better from the front view rather than the side view. A little the side bit profile. Yeah. Mm. One one thing I saw is they they made the whole gold the whole eagle gold instead of the the head and, and tail being silver. And then on the stars on the top of it they put a blue background. Mm. Uh, I thought it looked a lot better. Still mm-hmm. not as good as the the old one, but I don't know. It is what it is. They they could still make some some last minute changes to it. The most perplexing match here, uh, again getting going back to Rey Mysterio, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match. Um, now, um, uh, for all of you guys out there, Stephen and I were actually uh, at the uh, AEW show here in Austin when. Uh, Santana and uh, John Moxley had their eye for an eye match. Mm-hmm. Now this was simply because both men only had one eye. That, that's really what that was. It was just called eye for an eye. Correct. It wasn't anything here. Uh, but apparently this is a little bit different. WWE's copied the idea and then took it far beyond the pale. <laughs> 
um, and, and is now doing this thing where apparently to win the match, you must extract your opponent's eyeball from his skull, and uh, <laughs> that's how you win the thing. What the hell, man? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, who is, is this? this? Where we are now? Who like, is, who is this for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who is this for? <laughs> like the, and I don't know necessarily if this is like them trying to copy AEW. This seems rather fishy to me. Uh, <laughs> but the AEW version, yo, it's a metaphor. Right. Like, it, it's it's a metaphor for revenge. It, you Like, don't take it so seriously. And like, you're like, like, oh, eye for an eye? Yeah, yeah. Yank his eye out. Yeah, like, like, that it, doesn't make any sense. You've now taken the metaphorical into the actual <laughs> physical and literal taking the man's eye out of his head. Yeah. And, and so I mm. guess this has to be a cinematic match, really. I, I mean, there, there's no way they can really... I mean, they're going to have to CGI some something. It, it's going to be like CGI or, or some kind of like prosthetic or, or something. I mean, obviously, like neither of them are going to get their eye ripped out. Like, that's crazy. So, so in story, you're either going to completely blind Rey Mysterio, which is, which is something. I mean, look... I guess he could wrestle blind and be like, you know, like, a, like yeah, the old... Have fun in AEW, Ray. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Um, you know, or you're going to have Seth Rollins walking around with an eye patch. And <laughs> it's just going to be dumb. Like, this is this is dumb. It, it is. This is so dumb. Like, it. not only is the match idea itself dumb, but also, where do you go from here? Like, how do you keep the continuity of that match? There's no way. I don't know, Steven. Um, Three weeks from now, Seth Rollins is going to be spotted at a Starbucks with both his eyes, and everyone's going to boycott WWE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very strange. Um, it's it's not it's not right, Steven. It's, it's not, not. It's not right. Yeah. Um, but regardless, we'll be recording Sunday night to get you your review of this very strange event. At the very least, I'm curious. So, I guess mission accomplished on their part? I don't know. I am curious to see what it is, how they're going to do it. So, I don't know. Maybe mission accomplished. We'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, with Extreme Rules. Um, the horror show. The horror show at Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. Steven, is there anything else that you want to cover here? Uh, as of right now, uh, for for anything else wrestling related for the week, man, I think we've squeezed in about as much as we can. Yeah, we got every last <laughs> drop out of that. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's high time then that we uh we we light the fires here, we pop some peppers, mm. and we uh, take a dive down into hot takes. Yes. Ah yes, hot takes indeed, Stephen. Uh, yes, this is the segment of the show uh, where you guys have hit us up on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, you've dropped your hottest takes, most unpopular opinions, and most burning questions in the comments, and we answer them today and give you a shout out. Yes, indeed, Sh- shouting it out there, Stephen. Um, 
Let's start with, uh, we've got a lot of our friends here posting uh, comments here and dropping hot takes. Uh, so let's start with Mags, our friend Mags, all pods, at DEJ Kirkby on Twitter. Uh, Mags has got a couple up here. Uh, cold take, cold take actually here. Mm. Mm. Frigid take. Frigid. <laughs> Both Fighter Fest and Great American Bash were great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. They uh-huh. They were both. Very, very good shows. That is a cold take. Cold take indeed. Mm-hmm. Hot take. Neither were as good as the New Japan Cup semifinals. Mm. Mm. Spicy. Mm. Um, very spicy. For match quality, yes. I'd say the New Japan Cup fi- uh, semifinals and the, the final show uh, were actually very, very good. So mm-hmm. I, I, I actually completely agree with you there. Uh, New Japan, um, best promotion on the planet, I think. Yeah, I mean, New Japan, in, in terms of match quality, for sure, uh definitely the best it just most consistent uh high quality matches um yeah well there you go good stuff um his question with dominion starting around an hour or so after ufc 251 uh finishes uh, should i just power through and watch both shows um that's a long. That's a long. It's a long night for Mags. That is a long night. Because uh, uh, right now, as of the time of this recording here, it's about uh, I'd say almost eleven o'clock over over in uh, the old uh, the old country there. Oh damn! Uh, so you. So when does when does Dominion start for him then? Um. So Dominion would be around five or six a.m. our time, uh, which would be about twelve a.m. his time. So he's gonna be he's gonna be pulling an all nighter to watch UFC two fifty one. He'll have an hour break, and then he'll be watching uh, New Japan Dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, that's that's his weekend. He'll he'll mm-hmm. he'll sleep on Monday. It seems right, right. Uh, <laughs> we'll see that that hour uh, invites a power nap. So mm-hmm. perhaps so. Mm-hmm. If Mags, if you're one who can power nap, uh, I think you should absolutely try and pull this off. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you just like had all the coffee in the world, I think you could still do it. I think you could do it. Yeah, yeah. we have all the faith in you, Mags. So by the time that uh, this recording is published, you'll have already uh, accomplished your goal, hopefully. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, when I was a, when I was a kid, all-nighters were nothing. Nowadays it's uh, It's it's tough. It's brutal, man. Yeah, you got to you got to really go for it. You, like you have to really try. A- as a kid, it's like, "Oh man, the sun's coming up. That's crazy." Hmm. Now it's like, "Man, around 3:34, I'm uh pretty much dead to the world." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, th- these are all these are all quite great things to think about here. So more power to you, Mags. More power to you, Mags. Hope you can do it, buddy. We'll be talking in the chat later for UFC 251. I'm mm-hmm. super excited for that mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited. Um, let me see here. By the way, Jorge Masvidal, he is getting that uh, that title shot, so they hey. did slot him in. So tonight's main event is going to be huge. Him and Kamaru Usman. Uh, it's going to be a major, major fight. Uh, the UFC 251 card looks amazing. Plus, it's on Fight Island. So, uh, yeah, great stuff. Um, let me see here. So thank you, Mags, for your question. Uh, let me see here. Our buddy Conrad at Everything Pro Wrestling on Twitter, uh, or at EPW Show on tr- uh, Twitter, rather. Uh, Conrad's got a couple things going on here. Uh, question, what do you do with New Japan's uh, tag team division to strengthen uh, the tag team division? What do you do with New Japan's uh, tag team uh, scene here, Stephen? Mm. What kind of? Uh, I mean, you could definitely make some moves. Um, I mean, I would even consider like maybe drawing up on the young lines 
like uh, um, Carl Fredericks seemed to be working really, really well. Um, he, uh, I can't not rem- familiar with him. Yeah, I can't remember the guy who he was partnering with for so long, uh, but he was very, very good. Um, so yeah, maybe drop on the young lions, try and form, form some tag teams there. Um, obviously with Sonata and, um, and, and evil and Shingo, I mean, with evil, uh, kind of splintering off of LIJ, that kind of puts a, a quagmire into, into a tag team. Giggity. Mm, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tom and Tangelo are obviously destined for, you know, being there for a while. Right. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki always makes for a good tag team, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, uh, you have the uh, the Golden Aces, Ibushi and Tanahashi. That that, that team's kind of thrown together, um, but uh, yeah. But I mean, look how well that's that's worked for AEW with uh, yeah. Kenny and Hangman. You know, yeah, doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be this long drawn out thing. You just throw two guys together that are great. You know, not yeah. it doesn't work all the time, but it can work. Yeah, no, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, New Japan's tag team. I mean, it's it's had its highs and its lows. This one does seem to be a particular low. Mm-hmm. I think you just need to find a tag team that's up and coming and try and get them into the show. I do um, definitely like the idea of uh, you know bringing up some young lions. That's that's one thing about New Japan is they they have a huge, huge, huge development pool uh, that that they can pull from. So I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, I, I would say as long as you can you can make it happen, make them look good. You know, put them over strong, um, and obviously Ghetto's the best booker in all of wrestling. Uh, I, th- I think that you shouldn't have too big of a problem doing that. Just draw up on the the young people, so that way you've got. Uh, I mean, you've got slots for the future. You're yep. built. You're building your 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 present and your future at the same time. So why not do that? Um, let me see here. He goes on to ask, "Do you think the horror show concept will add or take away from Extreme Rules?" Um, I think it had a chance. Um, um, but I think they're going this this super cinematic direction, and the the eye for an eye stuff is just so like it's just so bleak. Yeah, it, you know? <laughs> it is very weird. Um, I, I will say, at least we're getting some like, you know, violent things on, on extreme <laughs> Apparently. rules. Apparently, like, well, I, I'm just saying, like I've I've complained about extreme rules in the past having like seven singles matches on it, and. and for better or worse, even if we do or don't like this eye for an eye thing, yeah. at least they're doing something that is worthy of the extreme rules name. Yeah, I mean, you'll get the the eye for an eye where someone's eye will be uh, ripped out of its socket. Uh, you'll have the white compound swamp ass match. Um, you'll have uh, let's see here, what else? The the TBD match. STD match. I don't know what it is uh, between. Um, Ga- uh, I almost called him Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre, <laughs> and uh, Zolf Diggler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I mean, you got a, you got a lot going on here. You do. Uh, the, the, the 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 horror show looks horrifying. Uh, if I'm <laughs> if I'm being honest, but maybe in that, what way do you mean that? Maybe like, that's just me. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. It's just, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, non wrestling question, and this is actually due to the picture that I posted here for the hot takes this week. It was a it looks like a like a pretty tasty looking basket of hot wings. It does. It looks it looks pretty nice. It looks like Gossip Shack actually. Breaded hot wings, it seems. Um, so uh, Conrad's asking here. 
or, or rather saying, that better not be ranch in the photo. Wings and blue cheese are a staple in Buffalo, New York. Good for you. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Stephen, uh, blue cheese or ranch dressing? Ranch, hundred percent. Uh, I don't for, like blue cheese for, for wings. Okay, just straight up ranch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's a southern thing. I don't know because ranch and blue cheese. I mean, I, I get the concept. I've had ranch. I've had wings with blue cheese before mm-hmm. um, when I was a younger lad. Um, but it, it just doesn't. Um, I don't know. Ranch with with wings just seems like. Uh, you know, like hand and glove, you know? Yeah. It, it yeah. A hundred percent. Like I've nothing against you, Conrad, right? No. Like, like like everybody's got their particular taste. Blue cheese is just a little bit too sharp for me though. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. ranch is one of those things like I, I've always grown up with wings and ranch. Like it, it I've never been posed this question before. You know, like if if you order wings anywhere, you get ranch by default in Texas. So it, it's just what I'm used to. Uh, like like you said, I've had blue cheese before. It's really just not for me. Mm. I don't know, mm. but but it also depends on on what type of wing it is. Mm. This you know? is this is also very true. Yeah. Sometimes you don't really need like a ranch dressing or or blue cheese dressing for wings it yeah, just I mean, depends if it's like a like a really saucy wing like like a like a barbecue wing or, or something like that you don't even really need sauce mm. you you got the barbecue sauce right there i feel that you know i feel that but like, then on the on the other side of the coin uh, a dry rub will, all, will always need sauce so it, it, it i don't know just depends on how you like your wings. I'm not telling you how to eat yours, you know. Yeah. Well, well, Conrad lives in Buffalo, where they invented the buffalo wing. So respect. Yeah. No, massive respect. M- mad respect. Yeah. Um, but I will eat those wings with ranch. I'm sorry. Yeah. If I if I come up, ever come up to Buffalo, we should hang out, Conrad, and then you can you can like take me over to the the anchor bar mm. uh, where they invented the hot wing. It's beautiful. That would be that would be a good time. That would be. Um, let me see here. So thank what, you, Conrad. What, what is buffalo sauce? Buffalo sauce? Like what? Like what is it? What's in it? Uh, I think like uh, it's probably a mixture of like um, different like Tabasco sauces, butter. Mm. Butter's a big component mm. of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say like pepper sauces, pepper Cause, itself. Because it's a very distinct flavor. Like there, there's nothing like it really. Um, I mean, we could look it up real quick. What goes in to buffalo sauce? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious. You know, I didn't like uh, I, I didn't like buffalo sauce or or hot wings for a very long time. I don't, don't know what it was. The the flavor just never clicked with me until I was around like twenty or twenty one, and then it's like, oh, hot wings are actually delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially it's coming up to being like some form of actual hot sauce okay. uh, plus a uh, plus butter mixture of uh, uh, some people have put uh, uh, Worcestershire sauce in it as well. Um, White uh, white vinegar, um, cayenne pepper, garlic powder, paprika. You kind of do it up yourself after that. Right on. So sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, there there you go. <laughs> I like all those things. <laughs> Maybe not separately. I'm not gonna like drink vinegar. But mm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, you could. I don't. I don't recommend it. I'm no. I yeah. wouldn't either. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Conrad, for your questions. Um, and uh, ranch is better. Um, <laughs> Just, just kidding. Um, Get Show Comedy Wrestling Podcast. Our friends at the Get Show Podcast on Twitter. What's up, guys? Uh, what is going on, fellas? Uh, Get Show asks, hot take. Uh, WWE has already reached its peak for cinematic matches. Uh, every cinematic match from now on will either be average or below. Yeah. 
I mean, it seems like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that seems to be the the, the case here, right? Um, I, I think uh, I think it peaked actually with uh, with the uh, the bone hole match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Um, Or at least WWE's version of cinematic matches. Now, we had the Stadium Stampede, and that was done very differently. That was killer. But that's because AEW's done a very good job of spacing that between, you know, actual wrestling matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Who'd have thunk it? (laughs) Yeah, crazy. Wrestling show having wrestling matches on it. Yeah. What a concept. Right. It's crazy. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I think you're exactly right, Tanner. Uh, They they definitely peaked with with the Boneyard match. Um, The Boneyard match was really good. Uh, but then they had the Money in the Bank match, and that was really not good. Uh, and then now they're going to have this eye for an eye, and it's like, I'll wait and see. I don't want to necessarily pass judgment before I see it, but it's a dumb concept, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, non-wrestling-related hot take from Get Cho. Mountain Dew Code Red is one of the top five sodas of all time. Ooh, It's a great soda. I, I Yeah. I could see Mountain Dew Code Red up at the, up. Top five is hard though, man. Yeah, I, I don't know about top five. That that's a little much for me. Um, if I were it's to definitely put, top ten, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put you. I'll, I'll put it like right near, maybe even number six or number seven. Really? See that there's there's. I really like Code even, Red. Even even within the Mountain Dew family, there there's several Mountain Dews that I would put over Code Red. Livewire, uh, mm. Throwback. Mm-mm. The best Mountain Dew and Fight Me is Baja Blast, one hundred percent. So I agree with you. Baja Blast is pretty tasty, but I still put Code Red above all the other ones, including the original Mountain Dew. Yeah, um, that's man, that's but, crazy. But, but I, I mean, don't know Baja Blast. It's, but I mean, that's the like, one. top five, you got to have your your Coca Cola. Coke is number one. Doctor Pepper is probably up there. Pepsi, Sprite. Um, no, get your get your Pepsi out of here. Sunkiss maybe is <laughs> Sunkiss is good. Yeah. Um, Fanta. Well, Fanta makes good, great sodas too. Um, yeah, that's, it's hard. Well, then you've got like your root beers and cream sodas though too. Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah, a very competitive list. Yeah. Well, uh, see, top the, five. the the thing is, it's really hard to put like, it's really hard to put one of those lists together because, like, you yeah, Coke is probably number one, but then you also have Coke Vanilla, Coke Cherry, Coke Cherry Vanilla, Coke Orange Vanilla. Oh, yeah, like, I, and I, there, I, there's all no, these can, different you can, ones. You can keep your Vanilla Orange Coke. You yeah. don't like it? No, it's really garbage. It's really be- better suited to just pour it directly into the toilet. Jesus, no, it's really good. No, where do you come down not. on the, this new Dr Pepper cream soda? Have you had that? I haven't had it yet. Okay, it's very good. However, where do I find it? Is H E B? H E B has it. Um, Q T has it. I know for a fact. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's good, but it is so, so sweet. And and that's always been my problem with Dr Pepper already. So mm-hmm. you you add a super sweet t- soda to another super sweet soda, and you're basically drinking candy. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it, I, it's a little too much for me. Well, see, but I I like that cherry tinge of of Code Red, just like I like the cherry tinge of Coca Cola, and and it was a, it was one of my favorites as a child. So I mean, Code Red is definitely like look man, tops for me. Look man, don't get me wrong, Code Red is fantastic. It's a great soda. But it's a groundbreaking soda. Top five is it's Mountain Dew's first release. It's not just Mountain Dew. It's just top five is is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I don't top, know about top five is a very it's a com- very competitive list. I will say that. Um, but but thank you, Kitcho, for inviting this debate. I yes. think we we need to actually. Can you tell we like soda? <laughs> yeah, we need to investigate this further. I think actually, maybe we need to put our uh, definitive headlock talk soda, soda list. list together. Perhaps so. 
Maybe on uh, maybe on Variety Hour. Maybe one of these weeks. Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, see what happens. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Get Show, uh, for for your hot takes. Thank you. Do definitely appreciate you guys. Uh, Josh Robinson, our friend Josh Robinson, uh, on Twitter at Josh Robinson zero zero. Uh, Josh uh, says hot take: cats are still better than dogs. Um, look, I know you really like your cat, right? Like I know, I know you like Giddy. Um, she, she seems to be a great cat, very friendly. Um, I, I like my dog personally. M- Millie's great. I like your dog too. She, she's she's here. She's sleeping. She loves Steven. She does. Um, she she <laughs> actually probably loves Steven more than she loves me. She's just no. like she's just like, hey, you, you, you're the one who gets me the food. No, she she only sees <laughs> me once a week. That's why. It, it's the whole absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. So so I should leave the house more often is what I mean, you're saying. Maybe. She absolutely loses her mind when she sees me. It's yeah. adorable. It, it is pretty, pretty cute. <laughs> um, I mean, look, it just depends on what kind of person you are. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you love your cat, Josh. Um, I just personally like dogs better. I like dogs better. Yeah. I, I, I live with three dogs and, and, and a cat as well. Um, they're all great. Yeah. But I like dogs better. Hey, well, there you it go. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, even hotter take from Josh Robinson here. Mayonnaise is actually terrible. Where do you, where do you fall on mayonnaise, Stephen? Oh, I like mayonnaise. Okay. I actually like. Let's, I really like mayonnaise. Whatever. Well, see, I like I like mayonnaise to the degree that it it, it is uh, an essential element for ranch dressing. Right? It's true. I it's I, true. I, I I like that aspect. I do even like a very light smear of uh, of mayonnaise, uh, maybe on a sandwich. Like if, like I'm talking very light. Like if you're like glopping it on there, like you go 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 away from me. See, I'm a glop kind of guy. <sighs> yeah, I, I like a lot of mayonnaise. But the the thing is, like we had a coworker once um, who, mm-hmm. who, who provided me with a sandwich, uh-huh. and it was packed full of mayonnaise. Okay, so here's the and, thing, and I was just like, I here's the thing. About, I, I ate about the whole mayonnaise. thing out of politeness, right? But like, you know, you could have you could have deschmeared it. Yeah, but I mean, with like paper towels, maybe. Of course, yeah. Uh, it was a lot of mayo, Stephen. Really, like like more than it was. Like, it was a lot. But, like, did the bread sit on top of the mayo? Like, that's how much mayo was there? <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay, see, that's too much mayonnaise. Like, 100%. <laughs> did the bread sit on top of the mayonnaise? <laughs> the, the thing about mayonnaise, okay, is uh, store-bought mayonnaise, and this is the, the same thing with ranch, too. Store-bought mayonnaise is fine. If I'm going to make a sandwich at home, it, it will be a light smear of mayonnaise, right? Mm. But if I'm going to a restaurant... That that makes subs like Firehouse, uh, you know, Thundercloud, eh, Subway. I guess yeah. if I'm feeling cheap, yeah, give me a lot of mayonnaise because they have high quality mayonnaise. Well, like like sometimes like a very light light little bit of mayonnaise on a sandwich is fine. Like like when I go to Jason's Deli, they I, I get the California Club and they, they do choice. a light smear of the, the the mayo on there, just mm-hmm. a very light little bit. Yeah, just it's not eh. it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. They just, just yeah. Um, but then, like you know, for there's like other sauces out there that are comprised of mayonnaise. So like mayonnaise on its own, I'm not huge on. But the things that mayonnaise can go into that make other things brilliant, all for it. Yeah, I mean like sixty percent of sixty to seventy percent of ranch is mayonnaise. So w- mm. without mayonnaise, we wouldn't have ranch. This is true. Mm-hmm. This is this is very true. So thank you, Josh, for your hot takes. Mm-hmm. 
Justin Poxic on Twitter at Poxic Justin says, "Hot take: WWE Hall of Fame is a joke." Mm. Is it a joke, Stephen? Are, are you laughing? Is it funny to you? <laughs> I mean, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I definitely understand Justin's sentiment, though. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of people in the wrestling industry have kind of pretty much said the same thing. It, it really, it really means nothing. To, to a certain degree. There's not it, even an actual physical Hall of Fame building. Right, exactly. It's just a list. And so in the the WWE scope of things, yeah, sure, it's cool to be entered into the WWE Hall of Fame. But at the end of the day, WWE is not the end-all, be-all of wrestling. So, I don't know. Wrestling industry as a whole, yeah, it means nothing. Within WWE, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it is what it is. It's kind of like getting an Academy Award, I guess, without getting like, I don't know, maybe you kind of get like a little placard or something like that, just like, you know, your achievement and status within your, your the industry in which you worked, which is cool because, I mean, you got guys who are older, guys and girls, rather, that are older, retired, you know, it's good for them to kind of go back and, you know, uh, go down memory lane and then, you know, talk to people that maybe possibly were influenced by you. Mm-hmm. I think that that's cool. That is cool. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it's like a participation award. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And, and it's not an industry award. It's a company award. Um, well, they have they have inducted people outside of WWE, but typically you have to have some kind of affiliation with them in order to get right. inducted. Right. Um, so that that is, uh, that is definitely the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, Justin, for your question. Do appreciate it. Yes, indeed. All right, more hot takes here. Uh, we've actually got a hot take from uh, Matt G, aka Matthias Black of Rise Pro at Illustrious MG40 on Twitter. Uh, What's up, man? What's going on, Matt? Um, Matt asks, uh, or rather says, Stephen must perform the Australian national anthem until Hugh Jackman forgives him. Um, Okay, so um, a little bit of background here. Uh, a few years ago, we were in Australia before we were headlock talk, and uh, an incident that took place, um, the, the Australian government won't disclose any matters of this here. We've both been forced to sign NDAs, but there was, there was an incident that got way out of hand between Stephen, Hugh Jackman, and a very rare fish. Steven, is there anything that you want to add that 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 won't break our NDA here with the uh, the Australian government? Well, <laughs> I did not expect to talk about this today. Um, I, I there's not a lot that I can add. Yes, um, I, I'll I'll get in a lot of trouble. It's it's, um, a, it's it's a it's a very ugly situation. I'm I'm laughing, but it's 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 actually a very. Um, Ugly situation, and, and it's funny too because I, I really like Hugh Jackman. Well, the it, names it, that you called him on that beach were absolutely um, awful. I mean, <laughs> look, <laughs> you told I him Cyclops was the better character in the X Men. Okay, look, I don't know if the beer in Australia is stronger or, or what. It, I I swear I only had two. Um, okay, bystanders claim six. I don't remember any of that, <laughs> but I, I really liked Hugh Jackman before this. Um, but something about that fish, man, just just really got to me. And uh, long story short, it, it got out of hand. Okay, that, that's all I want to say. Um, I've forgiven Hugh. I, I mean, 
Hughes called me recently, and we've talked it out. It, okay. It's fine. Uh, but but honestly, guys, I have to leave it at that. Like, I really can't say so, anything. So no no singing of the national anthem of Australia. No, uh, uh, I mean you and you and you and Hugh are cool. I, I take it. Yeah. I, I, yes. He didn't demand that you sing the national anthem of Australia. No. 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 Okay. Um, well, that's that. That's that's all we can really say on this matter here because it it is um it is highly classified. Yes. I, I will um, say this. It, Hugh, Hugh Jackman is an Australian national treasure. Absolutely, and, and um, look, Hugh. If 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 this is still something that's bothering you, and you would like me to to perform this national anthem, man, in in solidarity and a showing of good faith, I will just yeah. reach out. Please, at Headlock Talk. Yeah, just let us know. Absolutely, Hugh Jackman. If you're out there listening, um, yes, please reach out. Uh, hit us up at Headlock Talk on Twitter. Um, come on the show. Mm-hmm. Stephen will sing the Australian national anthem for you. I will. I'll, I'll play it in the background so that way Stephen knows the words and mm-hmm. can hear the music. It'll be a whole thing. Um, so if anybody knows Hugh Jackman, have him reach out to us on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Let's get him on the show, and Stephen will apologize to his thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, apparently things are cool. Last I spoke with him. Okay, how, that's, how, that's all I'll say. How much longer is the ban for, Stephen? Do we know? Like, did we get any updates from the government of they, Australia? I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, up we had air. to hide out in the embassy for like three days. Yeah, it took a while for the plane to get there. I, I really don't know what was taking them so long. See, with, with how much they <laughs> wanted me out of there, I would have expected that plane to get there a lot sooner. But I'm I'm getting too far into it. I, I'm going to get in trouble. Okay, okay. I'm going to get in trouble. Okay, that's that's fine. We won't talk about it anymore. Seems like maybe another two years or so. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for, for answering that and uh, divulging this information, even, then, even though you didn't have to. Mm. And thank you, Matt, for your question. Thank you. Yes. Uh, T3 Podcast Network, at T3 Network on Twitter, uh, asks, uh, which wrestler, past or present, would you want to just hang out and party with? Hmm. Just hang out and party with. Well, obviously not Hugh Jackman at this point. We're not allowed. No, um, at least not in Australia. Hugh, if you want to come over here, I mean, we can have a party for sure. Yeah, um, but it will have to be on neutral ground. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, party with. I mean, so here's the thing. Like maybe like ten years ago, I'd be down to like party, party. Like my definition of partying now and my definition of partying like ten years ago are vastly different. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not the the party guy anymore. Really. You don't think so? No. I mean, not in terms of just like getting smashed and yeah. you know what I mean. Like that's really not my thing anymore. Okay. I, I just I'll get. A light buzz and just kind of hang out with friends. That's like that's my version of a party. Well, you there know? you go. Um, well, then who who would you just want to like have a drink with and like you know hang out with, and have them tell you cool stories? Oh man, uh, Dustin Rhodes would be cool. Dustin mm-hmm. seems like a re- really cool guy, really mm-hmm. stand up guy. Uh, has a lot of character to him. So Dustin Rhodes would be really cool. Dustin Rhodes would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Um, eh, man, that is a great question. Um. Like New Jack, New Jack's kind of crazy. So like, I don't know, I don't know why New Jack was the first person that came to mind, but he told all those crazy stories on um, uh, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. So I was like, huh, that'd be nuts. Yeah, for real. Um, let me see here. Stone Cold. I mean, really and truly, should be number one on the list because I think he he's kind of an open book. Like if it was me, Stone Cold, and the Undertaker, I'd obviously be like the odd man out of that group. 
but like right. I feel like they would tell some very cool stories. Yeah. I'd love to be at least a fly on the wall in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, I'd love to have sit down and have a drink with like John Cena. That'd be awesome. John Cena I mean, would be cool. There, there's so many. There, there's really so many people. I, I can't pick just one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, there, there is quite a few. Yeah, it's a lot of wrestlers. There is. Uh, so uh, thank you, T3, for your question. We do appreciate it. Uh, DBW Podcast at DBW Podcast, who has been on a roll as of recent, providing some fiery takes that I absolutely disagree with. <laughs> um, and, and they seem to have provided another one this week. Okay. So, so Damien, uh, you're on a roll this week here. Um, DBW Podcast at DBW Podcast on Twitter says, Europe is better than all of America. So like all God. of, so all of Europe better than all of America. Um, better at what? I mean, I don't know. Just better in general? Like, honestly, honestly, like, look, I know you guys have like France and Spain and whatnot, uh, but, uh, I mean, have you ever had Texas brisket? Seriously. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Or, or, um, I'll even, I'll even throw out a shout out to Mags here. Ribs from Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, have you ever had some good barbecue? Have you mm-hmm. ever had... Uh, biscuits and gravy. No, your definition of biscuits is some kind of hard cracker, <laughs> right? Well, well, and let's let's also not forget that like seventy to eighty percent of all entertainment comes from America. Mm-hmm. So yes, Hollywood's here. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a crazy music culture. Yes, a lot of our populace is very insane. I will I will say this that. is true. Um, I will give Europe this. It, it's uh, it's populace seems to be a lot more um, understanding, uh, level headed, level headed. Uh, it kind of heeds the the words of uh, uh, of its leaders. Um, it doesn't seem to have a power vacuum. <laughs> True, um, <laughs> at least that we know of. At least that we know of. Um, I obviously l- love uh, soccer, or as it's rightfully called, football. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you've ever been to an NBA game, those are pretty nuts. Those are, uh, an actual football game, like, like NFL football or college football. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, sports, entertainment, food. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, um, kind of got you beat. Uh, pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, was invented in America. Mm. Um, you guys have Stonehenge, which is just rocks piled on top of each other <laughs> we have the grand canyon uh which is uh absolutely brilliant um so i mean i don't know what you're getting at here dbw podcast yes um you know things are different mm-hmm. there's pluses different. and minuses to both <laughs> yeah um so you know take your little dinky stonehenge and get out of here with that you know <laughs> See you out with that Grand Canyon. Well, I guess we see where Tanner stands. <laughs> <laughs> we made the Ford Mustang. We also made Kid Rock. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well maybe we can get a pass on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you guys, you guys do have the Beatles. Um, That's true. Y- you also have One Direction. Mm. Man. Yeah, that kind of knocked you down a peg there. Yeah, a few. But that's what makes a you beautiful, pegs. you know. Perhaps so, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Perhaps so. <laughs> well, uh, let's call it a draw then, okay. because it sounds like there's good and bad aspects to both. 
Um, also, don't forget that you have Glasgow. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kurt's Angle at Kurt's Angle Pod on Twitter. How's it going, Kurt? Hey, man. How's it going, Kurt? Kurt, uh, he was on uh, the uh, After Dark Four in your house episode. You can definitely revisit that one. It's pretty great. It was a lot of fun, too. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, Kurt's Angle on Twitter asks, uh, I think it, I'd be open for a straight-talking, no-shit Enzo and Cass run. I asked him to actually expand on this thought here, and, and he says uh, he would like them to be, uh, whether he wanted to be in the WWE, in the Indies, or elsewhere. He said, elsewhere, prove on the Indies to begin with. Um, if they can prove uh, that they can stay out of trouble, then possibly AEW. Uh, they were once one of the most over teams in the world. Steven, uh, is it time for a redemption story of Enzo and Cass? I mean, maybe. N- never say never. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say the the whole Enzo and Cass thing, I was a little out of the loop on. Mm. Um, I, I have gone back and, and kind of looked into a lot of it. Uh, both of the, both guys seem to have a lot of baggage uh, with them go- going into promotions. So, I mean, like I said, never say never. But like Kurt said, uh, prove that they can stay out of trouble. And then, yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, perhaps so. Um, I will say this: I I don't have a whole lot of faith in Enzo and Cass staying out of trouble, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens. You are right; they were at one point one of the most over tag teams. Um, yeah, that that was the thing. You know, it happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, Kurt, uh, for your question. Um, let me see here: Nubin Co at Nubin Co uh, Noob underscore N underscore Co nineteen ninety one on Twitter. How's it going, Noob? Hey. Uh, let me see your hot take. Keith Lee is going to be a great main eventer. Absolutely. Is that a hot take? I mean, Keith Lee, yeah, absolutely. He's going to be a great main eventer. Yeah. Um, he's, 100%. He's, he should be a great star for the future. He should be somebody that WWE builds their company around now. Mm-hmm. He's still in NXT. That's okay. I, I do have a feeling that once he hits that big stage there, he is set for some great great contests here you mean he was even put over by uh drew mcintyre uh so there's that that's definitely good good stuff yeah i mean keith lee has nowhere to go but up right now honestly and he has the has the potential but but even right now has the the it factor you know to be that main eventer so yeah 100 percent agree yeah, absolutely. Um, let me see here. Unpopular opinion: the Kabuki Warriors are better than Sasha Banks and Bailey. Um, possibly. Um, yeah. I mean, I was I would say as a tag team, they're they're very very good. They're very entertaining. Obviously, with their skits as well, I do mm-hmm. like those. Especially when Kyrie Sane broke out the recorder and like played their song. Right. I thought that was pretty dope. Um, but uh, Sasha and Bailey are very entertaining as heels too. So it just kind of depends on. Uh, on the day, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I would go Kabuki Warriors for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I've said this on the show before. I know I've told you. Uh, I'm not like I like Bailey and I like Sasha Banks uh, individually. Uh, them as a tag team, at least recently, what they're doing is annoying to me. So yeah. okay, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, let me see here. Last but not least, will we see SummerSlam as a two-night main event, or will we get Evolution 2? WWE Women's Evolution 2, Steven, is that a possibility? Maybe even a, a two-night uh, SummerSlam extravaganza? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly they could do it for sure. <laughs> I don't know what I did there. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, there was a few. There was a few words in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they totally could do it. And if they do, it'd be a very great idea to re-sign Kyrie before that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it would probably be appropriate uh, to, to re-sign her for that too. I would love for there to be another women's evolution. I think that that's very, very important that we do that because. Honestly, WWE's women's division has really been carrying the load of WWE for uh, probably at least a year or two now at this point. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of their most intriguing stories uh, involve the women's division. Uh, so, yeah, um, I say uh, let there be an evolution too. As far as SummerSlam being a two night event, it does seem like they're probably going to do a takeover probably before SummerSlam this year. So we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see SummerSlam probably being a, a one-night event. Vince really wants there to be fans, but I, I have probably severe reservations. It does sound like it's going to take place at the Performance Center, mm-hmm. um, which is not the worst thing in the world. You know, I mean, we're not ready, obviously. Uh, so, you know, as the more people can become responsible and we can help flatten the curve here of COVID, the better. I agree. Yeah. So, there you yeah. go. so thank you noob for your question do appreciate it uh good guy dave at dave uh on twitter how's it going dave hey man uh dave has a hot take Uh, those businesses that make rational choices now to put people before profit are going to see far more profit when all this is over they are the ones that i want to support absolutely 100 percent. yeah um you definitely should want to support companies for uh, that, that support people before profit, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't see anything wrong with that, and I think that would definitely be better. I would like to see more companies do more to put people before profit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I won't name any companies specific in particular, but there's a lot of companies out there, whether it be insurance or in other industries, uh, that will say, okay, well, we'll give you two months' worth of credits or you'll get two months free of something, right? right. Um, COVID's not going anywhere anytime soon. Not in two months. Not in two months. Nope. Maybe not even in two years. Mm-hmm. So we need to start thinking more long-term about how to help support your people uh, and, 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 and customers, whether it's uh, other industries or wrestling, for that matter. So that way, when all this is over, people will remember what you did for them. Absolutely. No, I, I definitely agree with, uh, I mean, I agree with all of it, but specifically the, the first part of the sentiment where, you know, the, the companies that are putting the, the people over their profits in this time are going to come out way better in the end. I think bad PR right now is worse than it's ever been. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think that the, the effects and the feelings of this of bad PR is going to go go away as quick as it would have in the past i think people are going to remember how companies are treating their employees during this pandemic well their employees and their customers for that absolutely matter. yeah um so yes uh, i absolutely agree and I, I really hope that's true dave i really hope that that's true mm-hmm. um so thank you for your hot take dave uh ben at stonewall underscore k-o-t-d-m on twitter uh, he's got uh, two of his hottest takes, he says. Ooh. Two of his hottest takes. Uh, number one, Adam Cole is highly overrated. I find him very bland and generic. 
Hmm. Steven, what do you think here? Uh, Adam Cole, bland, generic? Because I know that you've been kind of down on him recently. Yeah, um, I definitely like Adam Cole. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I, I think my problem with Adam Cole right now is he he hasn't really changed at all. He He's been very Adam Cole for a very long time. And yes, Adam Cole is good, but when you're getting the same thing for a very long time, it can start to sour in your mouth a little bit. Um, so I, I think with Adam Cole, I don't necessarily think he, he needs to do this like huge transformation of his character or anything like that, mm. but he needs to go away for a little bit and, and just, yeah. and, and just make us miss him. Honestly, I think that that's very appropriate. Yes. I, I think that maybe Adam Cole going away for maybe a little bit, you know, like you said, making the heart grow fonder, mm-hmm. uh, earlier. I, I think that that could make a lot of sense for Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, I, I think it should be noted here too, that Adam Cole's kind of the originator of a lot of these kind of wrestling tropes that you see nowadays, like the heavy emphasis on the super kicks and uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these moves that you see happen uh, over the indie scene and on NXT and on AEW. Adam Cole's a, a pretty much a, an innovator of a lot of these kind of styles. The problem is that be, as you are the innovator, you're likely to get lost in the shuffle of all the people that came after you who yep. were influenced by what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that make Adam Cole maybe look a little bit bland and generic or like anybody else on the scene? Yes. Uh, but he's kind of also the OG of all that stuff too. Right. Um, but like like you said, Stephen, I don't think he's. I think that at a certain point, maybe you either have to take it to the next level, or maybe even take a little bit of a break, and you know, so that the heart grows fonder mm-hmm. for Adam Cole. Yep. Uh, there is a big reason why he's so popular uh, all over the country, though. I will make note of that. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. But I, I definitely appreciate that hot take. Mad respect for uh, for, for saying that, Ben. Um, he says, hot take number two, Orange Cassidy is a lower card comedy act and doesn't deserve to be in the main event matches. Ooh. Ooh. It's just personal preference. It's whatever you're looking for. Okay. Y- you know. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, as a fan of Orange Cassidy, I do like his comedic stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, um, I mean, I thought he did have a pretty good showing with Chris Jericho. I thought that that was, I thought that was, he he made a good um, showing of himself in that match. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and honestly, there there were a few spots in that match where it, it was definitely his comedy kind of shtick. Uh, but the vast majority of the match was a straight up wrestling match, and, and there wasn't a lot of like the comedy stuff. So I mean, like I said, it, it's personal preference, you know. Uh, I, I think. I think Orange Cassidy fits very, very well in AEW. Mm. Um, if he were to take uh, that shtick somewhere else, it might not come off as well, mm-hmm. uh, especially with him being paired with best friends and the type of tag team that they are. I think he works really well where he is right now. Uh, it might not work somewhere else. Right. Of course. Um, I mean, I, I do like Orange Cassidy. I think that it does. He, he absolutely needs to do a lot more work to become a, a quote-unquote main eventer, perhaps. Right. But at the same time, I'm will, I'm totally willing to give him a chance on this because he did have a very, very good showing against Chris Jericho. Yeah, and, and this is, take my opinion with a grain of salt because this is someone coming from someone that loves Orange Cassidy. Like, I, I think he's great. Right. I love the comedy stuff. And even when he, like, like when he does the matches that he had with Chris Jericho where it's not a lot of comedy and it's actually just him wrestling, I think he's great there, too. Um, but if you don't like him, I mean, that's fine. You don't have to like him, you know? Perhaps so. Perhaps so, Steven. 
Uh, well, thank you. We definitely appreciate your hot takes here, Ben. Yes, yes, indeed. Very, very thought-provoking here. Um, and then last but not least here, uh, actually, no, we've got a couple more. I'm sorry. Um, let's hear it. The Tragedy of Cinema podcast, at Tragedy of Cinema on Twitter. It's a great name. Yeah, very nice. Um, Tragedy of Cinema podcast says, I might gouge out my own eye while watching the eye for an eye match between Ray and Rollins. <laughs> I might as well. Yeah. I might join you. Yeah, we'll uh, have to see. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Steven, if you had to gouge out your own eyes, how would you do it? Spoon. Spoon, maybe. Yeah. Just, just get it in there. Flip it out real quick. You don't you don't want to be in there longer than you need to be. <laughs> yeah, I just think, I think get it done quick. I, I think there's uh, too much room for error with a knife or a fork. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, see, and, and then, with, with and then a, the hand makes it too difficult because I, th- I think too many things could go wrong if you're trying to rip it out. Of, uh, well, see, here's the thing with the hand. It's, yeah. it's not sterile. Right, you're, you're going to get, get an get infection. Yeah. yeah. See, see, the knife and fork. It, it's uh. You could sterilize it. Uh, you could sterilize it, but there's too much risk of other injury. Yeah. You know, you're not going to easily get it out with a knife or fork. But a spoon, yeah. sterilize it. That thing's made for scooping. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the I think the spoon <laughs> is the best tool. Okay, you think we'll see any spoons next Sunday? Maybe, hmm. maybe even an ice cream scooper. Those are like perfectly circular. Just a... Yeah, yeah, just right on out. Uh, Tragedy of Cinema also goes on to say if Cassidy would drop the stupid pocket gimmick, he could be a bigger star. <laughs> he can wrestle, just hate the comedy, uh, just hate the gimmicky stuff that he does. Um, it's not for everybody. Well, like I said, yeah, it's, it's totally not for everybody. Um, obviously, this is his first big, I guess, attempt on a on, on a main stage as a main eventer. Um, so this is the, the highest profile that he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, I, I let's will be say, I don't think AEW is like looking to give Orange Cassidy like a huge push. I, I think this right. is... He's I, not challenging John Moxley anytime no, soon. No, not, not at all. Like This is this is an extension of a joke, almost, to, to a certain degree. Well, um, Orange Cassidy's whole thing is it's an extension of a joke. Right, right. right. It's very ironic. Very postmodern, very lackadaisical, mm-hmm. uh, and, and like if you don't like Orange Cassidy, I don't like. It's not gonna be like this all the time, right? Like Orange is real big right now, just because of the buildup to to Orange versus Jericho. But like th- that's not gonna be a thing. He's not gonna fight Brian Cage next <laughs> month, like you know what I mean? Honestly, I think he's displayed more character now than what he has in the in in, in recent weeks. So I mean, I agree. That's, that's for worth anything yeah um but i thank you nonetheless the tragedy of cinema podcast for your questions absolutely or rather hot takes there you go other one hot takes um and then uh now last but not least of course uh, our friends mike charlip uh or my friend our friend our friend our friend mike charlip hey mike at mike jc821 on twitter how's it going mike um, he says, I can't get behind Karrion Cross going for Keith Lee right away. Karrion is great, but Keith has been killing it since November, and I don't want that. I don't want what they did to Rhea Ripley to happen to him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's plenty of people for Cross to feud with before getting a title. Well, like I said, absolutely. There's people mm-hmm. for for Cross. There's people for Keith Lee too. Mm-hmm. You know, Dijakovic. Um, you could put him against uh, maybe some other member of Undisputed Era, like like Kyle or Roddy. Uh, that would be killer. Yeah. Um, you could uh, feud him with um, 
Oh, uh, what's that other chap's name? Walter. That uh, other chap. <laughs> yeah. Walter versus Keith Lee would be a Titanic match, and I would love to see it. Yeah. I absolutely love to see it. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty of stories left to be told here. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. He also goes on to say, I wish WWE would stop putting rivals in tag matches before big pay-per-view matches. Sasha versus Asuka is a special match uh, that they pulled the rug from under and ruined the hype by putting them in a tag team match. I want big rivalries to uh, uh, big rivals to not touch until uh, touch it all until it matters. Make it special again. Um, y- y- yes, I mean, uh, I agree to an extent. I think that like if you look at New Japan, they build rivalries and feuds and stories through multi-man tag matches so i think it can work well as a device and a mechanism here uh but just the way the wwe does it is just simply not effective right it just comes off as like hey you know like it used to be very effective but now it just comes across as like oh we're doing this here because live tv and we're going to build anticipation for it well it kind of comes off as lazy to to a certain degree just just because it's like okay you you could sit down and try to think of an actually great way to to bring both of, both of these people out and build this storyline. Well, or it, you could just pop them in a tag match and call it a day. Well, and a lot of the time, it doesn't leave anything left to the imagination for when the actual match comes around, too. Absolutely. That's just the way that WWE does it. New Japan seems to be very successful at doing it their way. Mm-hmm. So, I, I see both sides. Um uh, Mike also says there's a new report out that um, the current Jeff, story, Jeff Hardy storyline is going on because he is declining contract offers to stay with WWE. WWE has done the uh, humiliate a talent till we get what we want tactic before, and it never works. So why do they keep doing it? It just seems stupid. Um, I hope that rumor's not true. Because that's pretty messed up if it is. Well, I mean, like I said, look what they're doing to Rey Mysterio. I mean, they, yeah, they put Kyrie Sane, and I'm not saying that this is tactical, but they put Kyrie Sane in a very dangerous match with Nia Jax. Um, yes, WWE is known for humiliating talent before they go out the door, but I think in their mind they see that it somehow devalues that person in the eyes of the fans. Um, or at least in the eye of the casual fans, you're like, oh, right. Rey Mysterio, he's that guy that lost his eyes to Seth Rollins. Yeah, I, I mean, if anything, <laughs> in this AEW era, it actually adds value. Well, yeah, because then you know Rey Mysterio can come out and say like, I'm with a you know a real wrestling company now, or I'm with a company that actually cares about what it is that I can do, and not 100%. just about gouging my eyes out yep. on a pay per view. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I really think that's uh. It's uh, it's doing the opposite of what WWE wants, really. I think that's that's mm-hmm. only adding ammunition to uh, to the wrestlers that are trying to leave. I agree, Stephen. Well, and that concludes hot takes for this week. Thank you, everybody, uh, for adding in uh, your hot takes, most unpopular opinions, and most burning questions. We sincerely appreciate that. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna take a little break here in just a moment because we're gonna bring the Queen of Any on in the second half of the show. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's take a deep dive down into, of course, if wishes were fishes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. If Wishes Were Fishes is a a little game that we play at the end of our show where we each take turns making a wrestling-related wish and the other grades them, indeed, 
in terms of fish. Yes. Mm, actual fish. Um, so, Stephen, do you have any wishes this week? I do. I've got a wish this week, too. Oh, good. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking? Do you want me to go first or do you want you to go first? Rock, paper, scissors. All right. Rochambeau. What is that? I, I gave you an Orange Cassidy thumbs up somehow. <laughs> I think I'm that not really I think sure. that trumps all, so you get to pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'll I'll go first. Um, I kind of already spoiled that I wanted to see Keith Lee versus Walter happen because that's just a it's just an awesome big man match, and I yeah. really really want to see that happen. But let's go to a different dream match because we were talking all episode about Rey Mysterio and how you know he's being uh, devalued in WWE and what we would like to see happen. Well, uh, yeah, I would like to see him leave. AE, leave to AEW at the end of his contract, or at least freelance around and go to AEW, even just for a hot minute, and uh, do a one-off match, at the very least, with Kenny Omega. Oh. That, yes. That's if, if wishes were fishes. Yep. That's a beautiful wish. Thank you, Steven. That's, that's a very good wish. I, I mean, that's the thing about Kenny Omega, is like it, him and almost anybody is a dream match, at least for me. Um, so yeah, great wish. I'm gonna give you six fire gobies. Ooh, yes, those elegant fire gobies, yeah. huh? Bringing back a classic. Yeah, it is a classic headlock talk fish mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a classic headlock talk wish. Ah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my Ray, wish, Ray Mysterio, Kenny Omega, man. Oh, that'd be good. It'd be real good. Uh, my wish will never happen, but hmm. if wishes were fishes, uh, Seth Rollins ends up losing the eye for an eye match. Um, and continues on with a pirate gimmick for the rest of eternity. A, a pirate gimmick? Mm-hmm. So Seth Rollins loses his eye. He has to be a pirate. Yes. But wouldn't that mean like he would have to like pretend to be a pirate forever? Like, isn't that a thing? I mean, if he, wa- if he wants to keep kayfabe, he will. <laughs> I mean, he's a company man, right? I, 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 I guess so. That'll be tested now. <laughs> uh, I guess so, Stephen. I, I guess it absolutely would be so. Um, let me see here. You don't have to give me any fish for that. No, I mean <laughs> it deserves fish. Oh, thank you. I just I just have to find what kind of fish that you would get for that kind of wish, man. Um, <laughs> here I'll, I'm gonna give you uh. Uh, four bullet hit uh, bullet head parrotfish uh, because I would like to put a bullet in my head because this match is just mm. gonna be also parrot <sighs> just so parrots with, with pirates pirates parrots pirates usually have parrots it all works it all checks out mm-hmm. yeah well thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> I appreciate the wish and I'm sorry no. no it's fine it's not your fault that they're doing this to me that's true that's true <laughs> It's absolutely not my fault. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, y'all, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to have the Queen of Innie on in the second half of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about New Japan. We're also going to talk about her love of uh, GCW and our misadventures into that. Uh, It's been been quite a wild ride watching some of this GCW stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, 
uh, definitely stick around for this here. Don't forget, use promo code HLT10 uh, for all purchases uh, for at um, at naturallyhemp's.com uh, for CBD. Or that could be for CBD gummies, for sublinguals, uh, for lotions, for balms, for any product on that website. Use promo code HLT10 to take 10% off of your entire purchase. That promo code can also be used at naturallypuresanitizer.com to uh, re-up on your hand sanitizer needs, as well as uh, uh, American uh, Vapor Company.com. If you are a vapor and in need of e liquid, uh, code HLT10 for all of your purchases there as well. 10% off, and the promo code never expires. Yes, indeed. All right, so we're going to take a short little break here. We'll have the Queen of Any on uh, just in a few moments, which for us is actually tomorrow, which is all kind of weird because you're listening to this at least on Monday. You're pulling the veil back, Tanner. Yeah, Stop it. I mean, the time machine is just going crazy. Uh, <laughs> But we appreciate y'all for tuning in. And then, uh, yeah, let's bring on the Queen of Any. Alrighty, everybody, I just wanted to give you a fair heads up as you enjoy this musical interlude here. The following does contain spoilers for New Japan Dominion as well as the New Japan Cup Final, so if you haven't seen those shows already, please go ahead and do so, or at least heed this fair warning. The following interview with the Queen of Vinny also contains adult language as well as details on ultra-violent pro wrestling. Uh, nonetheless, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's just not for the kiddos. everybody and welcome back to part two of this headlock talk episode steven you still with me oh i'm here (laughs) fantastic (laughs) uh uh, we we have completed our time traveling and it is now sunday as of the time recording but still monday as the time of you listening i guess something something happened there in the in the time machine Um, if you're confused don't blame yourself (laughs) <laughs> We're confused as well, just as much yes. probably. Um, but the good news is here, we are once again joined by wrestling royalty, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have been graced by the presence of none other than the queen of N.E. herself. Queen, how are you doing this morning slash afternoon? Oh my God. I don't know what time it is, but <laughs> firstly, I just want to say, hi boys. Thanks for having me. I am hanging in there. I'm I'm still shook mm. by recent events. Yeah. Uh, not over it, but I did mm. get a little nap in, so I'm feeling good. Well, good. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you got a nap in. You know, <laughs> I think that's the the perfect antidote to all of the madness within the last 24 hours. I mean, um, that's really all you can do, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
we originally wanted to bring you on to talk about GCW and, and all of the goings on with that promotion here, um, which is super exciting stuff, and we will get to that. Uh, but as you implied, there's a whole lot of madness going on right now in the New Japan realm, and uh, I, I really want to touch base with you on this here um, and, and, and kind of maybe try and make sense of it. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I was going to say good luck. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So, um, you had sent out a tweet previously in the week um, that that I really um, that really resonated with me, uh, where you had said um, everything is meh, everything yeah. is meh, and um, uh, obviously that's in reference to evil, and um, well. Evil's had a pretty big two days, I think. <laughs> um, is there anybody yeah. possibly in the universe who saw this coming? Gato. <laughs> <laughs> Gato and uh, Evil, and uh, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I. I <laughs> that's absolutely true. So, um, so walk me through this here, Queen. Like. Has your feeling on evil changed any over the, the past week? Has it? Uh, are, are you? Uh, let's let's talk about the New Japan Cup itself first. The finals. Uh, evil did defeat Okada uh, to win that New Japan Cup finals. I, I think to the surprise of everyone, um, Naito came out to congratulate him, gave him the Lij salute, and. Um, Naito uh, then looks up and sees the two sweet from Evil, and uh, that proceeds with a whole Bullet Club beatdown on Naito. Uh, Queen, what was going through your mind as you see these scenes here? <laughs> well, <laughs> this new Japan Cup has actually been great, and and during our time of uh, you know COVID insanity, the fact that New Japan was coming back was exciting enough. And then they said, "Oh, we're going to give you the cup." that we didn't get anyway. And we're like, great, you know, and, and of course the, the people who are involved in the cup um, m may have been slightly different had they had their full roster. But mm -hmm. I think for what we got, we had some great matches here. Did I have evil in the finals? No, sir. I did not. <laughs> um, right. So as far as evil goes, uh, I put everything as meh because that's how I feel about evil. You know, I, I liked his, I like the character and presentation of evil. Mm. I liked the whole, you know, uh, darkness. I liked the robe and the scythe and the the vibe and the, and the, the purples and the blacks and the smoke and the intrigue. But mm. the wrestler himself, I, I found very hard to invest in. I just mm. didn't really jive with his style of wrestling. Uh, I, I vastly preferred his one-time partner in crime for the longest, Sonata, mm -hmm. in the ring than I do evil. So... Putting Evil in this position with Okada in the finals, my gut reaction was like, oh, well, Okada's going to win the, the cup two years in a row, and mm -hmm. we'll get Naito Okada at Minion. All right. I mean, it is what it is. That's fine. No mm -hmm. big deal there. Did I see Evil pinning Okada? Like, pinning him? No. Mm -mm. Nope. <laughs> but he sure did. And I said, okay, that's an interesting thing. And my first thought was, okay, so maybe this is like a match that we can have that's different for Naito, and it's going to tell a bigger Lij story. Little did we know, and mm. uh, and that's okay. I'm like, all right, that could be cool. And then he throws up the two sweet, and for the first time, I found myself intrigued with Evil <laughs> and looking forward to his 
newness, right? Because you knew if he was going to switch <clears throat> and leave LIJ and turn Bullet Club, that his gear and his persona and the way that he presented himself was going to be different at Dominion. So I was automatically excited for that. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, we're going to have evil in Bullet Club. He had the evil club shirt come out. And I'm like, yes, let's go. I wasn't really interested in the wrestler per se, but I was interested in the story. And that's kind of where I was at at the end of the New Japan Cup. Hmm. Well, and, and and I think that's where everybody was. I think there there was a huge shock to the system, and, and yeah. you were kind of left wondering because it's like, okay, well, well, you know, he's also part of the, I guess, the, the six man tag title. Uh, you know, he's 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 got that title essentially. Um, so that's kind of now kind of up in the air. It seems um, he he leaves to Bullet Club. You know, everybody's embracing him. He comes out at Dominion. Uh, and he's got this new entrance, this new look. He, he he appears to be again, kind of like the same kind of trope, it seems, but but very very different. He's kind of lost the the whole Lord and Emperor of Darkness kind of a, like robe and and, and, and thing right. uh, for for a more stripped down um, and Bullet Club kind of uh, uh, version of himself, of course. Um, the match itself, uh, I felt, was very, very long um, and marred with a lot of interference. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's, I guess, part of the course for, for Bullet Club matches, it seems, nowadays in New Japan. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not really, you know, out of the realm of possibility with Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we did get a, a little bit of that with the Kinta match as well that, uh, that Naito mm-hmm. had. Uh, and... Um, like I, I enjoyed the match, and mm. then and then Bushi or what we thought was Bushi came down the ring. Not I was like, Bushy. man, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Bushi looks like super swole somehow. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he's back there doing like all the push-ups. Um, <laughs> and uh, he comes out, and uh, it looks like he was trying to help out Naito, and then he chokes him out with a with like what looked to be like a ring cable of some sort. And um, Naito's like you know out for the count. Evil steps on his balls. It's a whole thing, and then everything is evil. And then and then all the sadness, all the sadness happened uh, because Evil pins Naito for the three count. And um, I thought Evil winning the New Japan Cup was shocking. This was this takes the cake, Queen. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You can even hear it in the crowd, right? When it happens, it's just like a what? <laughs> you know, a collective gasp of excuse me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, like in in watching the match, like what did you feel about the match, Queen? Like, what did you? I mean, there, I have so many questions, <laughs> but there, like there are so many questions, aren't there? Um, I have many questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. The new, here's the thing about Mm. Bullet Club. I think they're getting back to their roots in a way. You know, Bullet Club used to have, you know, this like gang mentality, if you will, this army mentality that no matter who came out to the ring, the entire squad showed out. I liked that. And they got away from that. You know, I was listening to Tamatanga's podcast and he was talking a lot about the evolution of Bullet Club and how during Kenny's reign, he only wanted the Bucks out there 
when he would fight. Mm. And that was a, a deviation to what Bullet Club had always kind of been. They had always mm. kind of came out no matter who was fighting it to show that support. And then, of course, shenanigans ensued, right? Of course. So mm-hmm. it seems like they're getting back to that with all of the interference that they've had. Kenta, of course, and now this one, and several other matches in the cup, and, you know, all this craziness that has been uh, ensuing. But I liked Evil's new look. It reminded me a little bit of old school Undertaker, the hair in the face, the purple and black, you know, the very kind of weird-ish emo type vibe. Um, it was cool. Uh, the the Centurion kind of skirt I could do without. Don't really like that. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> it's weird, but he, he's whatever. Highlander now. <laughs> yeah, I one. saw some uh, saw some comparisons online to uh, Awesome Kong on the subreddit. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I mean, not wrong. So, yeah. so I, I think the the thing that about this match is it, it was long, but you kind of figured it needed to be because it is your championship match. Okay, I, I could put that aside. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought it was really sloppy on Evil's part. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was not the best match by far on the card. In fact, I think some of the multi-man matches were better than this. And that's kind of sad to say. There were great spots in this mm. match, but I didn't love it. And there was a lot of shenanigans. But Hiromu came out, saved it, you know, whatever. And yeah, there was oh, more shenanigans. Oh my god, yeah. Um, Just shenanigans trying to hang somebody? <laughs> fake bushy? Like, what? I don't... Okay. So <laughs> what are we doing? And then, of course, he wins, and I'm just sitting there like... Surely not. Surely we didn't just cut Naito's reign this short mm. after seven years of waiting for this moment. And we're just like, we're done. Yeah. I mean, that that's exactly how I felt. I was like, no, there, this is a typo, right? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not actually seeing this. Like, I, I woke up and maybe, like, maybe this is a different reality. <laughs> maybe this is something that I'm just not tapped into. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm still yeah. asleep, right? Maybe, um, but, yeah, maybe you're still dreaming. Maybe you are. Maybe you're still dreaming. Maybe, maybe I still am still dreaming. Dreaming. <laughs> this is a figment of our imagination. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm going to go check myself in after this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, but um, it's... I. I I see the scenes of evil. He's holding up the titles. Dick Togo reveals himself as the fake Bushi, and I'm like, ah, makes sense. Dick Togo's mm. a big guy. Bushi's yeah. not. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but then the scenes of Hiromu coming out, and and he's super upset, and he's he's cutting a promo. He wants you know he wants evil. He wants to take on evil for the titles. Uh, you know, or he says even at least one title. It seems, mm. and it's just like you know, evil's kind of blowing him off. Um, and then the scenes of Hiromu in the ring just shrieking and and just completely snapping before running backstage. Um, you know, it was it was pretty incredible. Like I, I mean, I can't remember a a New Japan ending like this ever. Yeah, mm. he's so emotional that Hiromu. He really is, in a lot of ways, a actual ticking time bomb. You know, you never quite know what's going to make him snap and go off. And right, I think his his storytelling in his earlier match, where he came out with a wrist tape covered in why, um, you know, the, the question why, and um, mm. then coming out here and having a meltdown. Uh, and saying that I'm gonna, you know, challenge you for the belts that you took, and 
basically, um, it, it's kind of like he's not—he's not taking the breakup very well. <laughs> so no, <laughs> he's challenging for the titles, or at least one of the title. And like Evil says later, Hiromu, all right, fine. Like I'll just break you in half. It's no big deal. So he's—he's he's definitely undervaluing uh, Hiromu's. Uh, tenacity to come after mm. those belts or one of those belts. But I guess my question, and I don't know if you thought about this, but mm-hmm. why why did Evil get to fight for both belts? Like, why couldn't we break the belts up and, like, leave Naito with the IC title? Well, and that's what I'm wondering, too. Like, and, and I think they made a big deal about it being for both titles all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I just don't know. Um, I, I just don't know. Maybe... They they really it really seemed by all indications that maybe somebody with an Lij was also going to have a big year right besides Naito mm-hmm. like it it seemed like for me I was like okay it's down to either Shingo or it's down to Hiromu and I had either one of those men challenging you know um, Naito for um, uh, after winning the finals and I was like okay that's cool I'm down for it and then it's evil and I'm like. Eh. But but okay, well let's see what where this goes. And now mm. I'm just completely melted away by everything that's happened. Um I, I think my, my bigger question here too, and this is something actually that, that Anthony, uh our our friend Anthony from Smart to Death actually brought up. He he tweeted out um uh, quote, Where the fuck was Sonata? Where was the real Bushi? Is Hiromu yes. the only one that cares about Naito? Um, yes. I, I think we can obviously question, you know, where was Shingo as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. is all of the loyalty gone? Because um, a, a, as I responded back to him, I, I, I think my only explanation is they're literally called the ungovernables. Did Naito ever have control over them? Did Naito, I mean, has everything just fallen apart? Uh, is there no, Was there always a target on his back after he became the champ? Like... Where were the rest of Lij, uh, Queen and Stephen? Do, do you guys have any maybe explanation or maybe theories on maybe what happened? I I kind of do. Um, okay. So during the cup, we saw sort of the beginning of the fracturing, if you will, of Lij. You know, Shingo walked out on the Lij salute. Didn't want to do that. Sonata has been having his own unique story for a while. Mm. He's more of the lone skull than the cold skull right now. He's mm-hmm. kind of like pulling himself away from everything. If you noticed his matches in the cup and then tonight or this morning, whatever, <laughs> time zone, um, for Dominion, he's, he kind of seems dispassionate to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in here to do my moves and like do what I got to do, but like I couldn't care less. Which is always kind of Sonata's face because he doesn't really have an expression. <laughs> Right? Right. He just kind of like stares at you and you're just like, uh, okay. But (laughs) (laughs) it feels like there's a bigger storyline with LIJ going on. They've been dropping these little breadcrumbs and it seems like Hiromu was the only one after Wrestle Kingdom to Mm. like really truly embrace Naito as champ champ and be there to to support him. And even though he said to Naito, you know, I want to challenge you for the belts, they had that whole respect thing. Obviously it never happened due to COVID, but um, I think kind that's kind of what's going on. I think they're self imploding. So like, why would they help him? Yeah, I, I mean that that certainly could be the case. I, I mean, I was just really, really confused, sure. and, and and that was the main thing is like 
you know, where's Sonata, where's Bushi, where's Shingo? I mean, like all, all of these people, I, I do like the point that you brought up Tanner uh, about like, you know, they, they're the ungovernables. Like did, did Naito ever have control? And, and that is a cool wrinkle to it. And I, I think at this point, you know, we're not supposed to know, you know, they, they, mm. they want us asking these questions and everything. And, and I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes, but that was the first thing I thought was like, where is LIJ? You know, because mm. yeah, Hir- Hiromu came out, but that was it. Right, right, and, and and I think maybe even Hiromu had maybe even just the like, e- even if he didn't totally always was invested at, with Naito as the leader, he at mm-hmm. least respected him, and he respected him enough to to want to challenge him. And well, clearly, th- yeah. their their promos that they had pre COVID shutdown were very respectful. It was going to be a great, you know, um, uh, was it IWGP Junior versus IWGP Champion match? I I, I right. was really looking forward to that, and, and now we have the situation, and it really kind of almost reminds me of Game of Thrones to an extent, where now mm. now Naito has fallen. He 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 was set to be this hero, this grand hero, and now we have somebody else who's stepped in, uh, Hiromu. Um, after a betrayal by by someone within you know within the same corners uh, yeah. of, of of their faction, um, and and maybe this story really isn't about Naito. Um, maybe it's more about Hiromu now. Just out of how just sheerly popular um, Hiromu is. Like yeah. Naito's very popular in New Japan. I, I I could almost see Hiromu on that same level. Am I maybe off pace here, Queen? I don't think you are. I don't. I think kind of anything is possible. And it, and it kind of seems to me like that's where Hiromu is. It's certainly how he's been booked. Mm. It's certainly mm-hmm. how he's been presented. Um, I mean, Hiromu, for me, was the MVP of the entire cup. He just, mm. other than Ishii, of course, who, like, mm. standard always is the best. But, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, in, in a position of of true... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like opportunity, right? They're never going to give it to Ishii because he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride, poor guy. And mm. he deserves everything else. But I don't know. I, I just think the whole thing is very intriguing. Um, I, I'm interested to see where this meltdown Hiromu thing is going to lead us. Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. I'm, um, mm. S- Steven, uh, I mean, w- do you think that um, Hiromu is popular enough perhaps to... Um, not only still be on that same level as Naito, but also be considered a, a legitimate title threat, perhaps, to Evil? I mean, certainly a title threat, for sure. I, I mean, with Evil, like, yes, he he did beat Naito for the belts, but there was a lot of interference there. You know, he didn't win it, you know, completely clean, necessarily. So there's still that room for someone to come in and be like, you know, you you never beat him clean. You're, you're not the wrestler that, that you think you are, or you're not the wrestler that you want everyone to think you are. So there, there's definitely the possibility of Hiromu coming in and, and taking those titles off of him. Uh, I mean, just from what I've seen with, with Hiromu and like Queen said, with the way he's booked, I mean, that guy is hot as hell. He's super popular. So, I mean, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, the one, one last thing, we'll, we'll move on to some of the other uh, matches here. Um, so, is there anybody in y'all's mind that could possibly 
I mean, besides the matchup with Hiromu, which I think is inevitable on the horizon somewhere, whether it's sooner or preferably, in my case, later, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 are there any other names uh, that, that should be uh, seeking this matchup with Evil? Because I, I think that we really, <laughs> with Naito's reign, I think we were talking about, you know, hey, well, you could obviously have that match against Okada. You could go back to Ibushi. Mm-hmm. You could go in a whole nother direction. You could have Jericho come back and do a title for title thing. I mean, we've, yeah. we've definitely spun a lot of different narratives that Naito could have. But now with the, the shocking state of affairs here, um, I mean, what, what, who, who in your mind makes good matches up with, with Evil Queen? We'll start with you. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely think you could pull back on Okada. You, you know, we, we also have new tag champs, so that frees up Tanahashi, and it frees up Ibushi. So we have those contenders who are always kind of in the upper echelon title picture anyway. Um, Hiromu, of course, which I kind of hope they wait on, and I kind of hope they only do it for the IC belt, because I see that as, as more of a thing that they could potentially pull the trigger on for him mm-hmm. and let him have that, even though he's junior heavyweight, you know, because they've been playing a lot with this idea that he can transcend um, like Shingo, and that I think is really fun. Um, I, I would also think that you could... It's tough, because not everyone's here, right? Because right. could say... Mm-hmm. Uh, some other folks, even within his own faction, I would say, would probably want that belt, Jay White, you know? Mm. So I, I feel like oh, there's yeah. going to be some dissension in the ranks, I think, once they're able to return, you mm-hmm. know, to Japan. And, and I think there might be some tension within Bullet Club, Kenta, too. So especially because Kenta was, uh, you know, had challenged Naito in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely think there's some people you could pull from. But of their current roster, I, I kind of feel like you're in sort of the same realm that we always were in. Um, I don't know about Sonata because part of me is like, maybe he'll challenge evil and like mm. kind of bolster his LIJ affiliation. But mm-hmm. the other part of me kind of wants him to join evil Ooh. or, or be by himself. So like, I'm unsure about the Sonata card, but that is a card you could play also. So like, mm. there's definitely options to face evil. For sure. And see, Sonata was like instantly where my mind went personally, mm-hmm. just because like, you know, yes, he, he's he's kind of that lone gun doing his own thing. But that would be a perfect way to kind of uh, get the sour taste out of everyone's mouth of like, where was L.I.J.? Why did everyone turn their back on him? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Sonata would be a perfect way to, to kind of be like, no, L.I.J. is still a thing, you know, uh, and, and kind of put everyone's mind at ease. Uh, but you brought up the idea of Jay White and Kenta. Mm. I love that. I love that. J- just the the idea of Bullet Club kind of like breaking from the foundation and, and everyone breaking down and, and kind of losing their minds over this title that that's now open. Uh, I, I mean, I would love to see Kenta personally, uh, but I think Sonata makes sense from like a feel good story standpoint, wh- mm. whether or not they're they're trying to go that direction or not. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely agree. I, I I certainly think that this is Bullet Club is fine part duh. Um, <laughs> this, yes. uh, th- yeah. this this has the feel of that because I I, I mean Jay White is you know the um, the uh, the the leader for all intents and purposes of Bullet Club, but now I mean with Evil having the titles, he is the de facto leader, and there is going to be right. that power struggle when everybody comes back. Um, I do like the Sonata shout, and, and I'll tell you why. And, and Queen, you touched on this earlier, and this is exactly where my mind went to in regards to Sonata. 
I remember back last year's G1 when Sonata actually faced Ibushi, and I want to say it was Naito who who made a quote about it, how he was kind of put off by how Sonata is more free-spirited and and looks up to Ibushi, um, you know, based on him being having kind of like that that um, n- no care in the world kind of philosophy and be your own person and very free-spirited. And uh, because Naito and Ibushi have their eternal neck-breaking contest that will never end, um, maybe that <laughs> ruffled Naito's feathers a little bit. Um, but uh, Sonata's an interesting shout. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I would like to see Ishii step up to the plate and, and get yeah. his, his round in. Um, I, would, I would love to see Ishii be taken extremely seriously. Um, Ishii is so great, dude. If if he won the G one uh, this year, fingers crossed. I mean, I would absolutely, mm. I would oh absolutely God, love I it. I would lose it. <laughs> I would lose it. Um, the other, the only other thing that comes to mind, and I know this is a bit of a controversial shout, but uh, I, I think I'd be remiss if if I didn't include Will Osprey on that list, simply because mm-hmm. of you know that man. I mean, if you look at his physical transformation, he's absolutely nowhere close to a junior heavyweight now. Um, right, uh, and uh, I mean he's he's kind of that that uh, beyond Okada, he's that next guy in chaos uh, as far as the faction goes that could that could step up to the plate as well. Um, but there's a, there's a lot going on. Who knows when we'll see uh, all of the uh, the others like Jay White and, and Osprey and everybody else who's uh, not able to make it to Japan. Um, mm-hmm. Let's transition over to the tag team titles because Zack Saber Jr. and Taichi. Uh, somehow are new tag team champions, and they actually kind of did it in a dominant fashion. Um, uh, it does free up Tanahashi and Ibushi uh, from the tag scene uh, to go back into a more of a singles role here. Um, does this do anything uh, for you guys as far as um, maybe realigning the tag division in any way? Boy. Um, I thought this was one of the best matches of the night. Mm -hmm. I thought that, um, you know, uh, I'm not a big Tai Chi fan like our pal Mags is. But but I I warmed up to him a little bit because of this kind of little feud that he started with Tanahashi. When the New Japan Together show started, they started ragging on each other for each other's bodies. And like, you know, because they're older and they were like going at it. So whatever. (laughs) That was kind of cool. And then they got together as um, with him and Zack Sabre Jr., Dangerous Techers, and I was like, oh, oh we're going to get in new champions tonight. It's going to happen. Hmm. And uh, sure enough, it did. I- I'm definitely more interested in Taichi in this role as a tag team champion than not. I think they work really well together, and that mm-hmm. showed in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, and-, and I think Suzuki-Goon is due for a little injection of like something. Mm-hmm. So um, this, to me seems like uh the step forward in that direction oh for sure yeah um i I don't know i'm kind of confused about it personally um i i saw clips for the match and and it looked really good uh i'm not sold on zack saber jr and taichi together personally um i I do agree with queen of uh like taichi being more interesting in this role than, than he really ever has been especially like in his single stuff i'm not the biggest fan of him um, but on the same side of that coin, I'm I'm more interested in Zack Sabre Jr. in a singles run. So it, it's, it's just kind of confusing to me. I, I do like the fact that Tanahashi and Ibushi are, you know, back in the singles uh, competition. I, I don't know. I, I'm just confused as to 
as to where it goes. And, and at the end of the day, I'm not sold on the two of them together, but mm. we'll see where it goes. For sure. I mean, I, I think I'll echo the sentiments of both of y'all here. Um, I've never been a Tai Chi guy. Um, <laughs> I think I've made that pretty clear in the past. Um, yeah. But I, I was thoroughly impressed with Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, tonight in his performance as well. I mean, obviously, Tai Chi's been on the rise all New Japan Cup, and I think mm-hmm. it, it's it makes sense for him to be rewarded for that. Um, I mean, the... For sure. the 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 one thing that I mean, obviously, I I wish it was Minoru in Taichi's spot here. Obviously, for because of uh, obvious circumstances, it cannot be. Um, but um, you know, uh, Taichi makes for an interesting replacement. Uh, he did look like a, a brutal monster in this match, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm thoroughly surprised. I, I I will I will say that I'm thoroughly surprised at the mm. the development here. Um, we'll see where the tag division goes because I, I think that there there can be a lot of um, of good challenges here, and I mean they've really hit the reset button in so many ways tonight that I think that um, it was possibly needed just for for all the divisions for sure. Um, yeah. We did also get a spectacular matchup, of course. Uh, Shingo Takagi retained the never open weight title against Sho. These two always have great matches. I mean, I I personally thought that this was match of the night for me, just because I, I just love both guys so much. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a nice hard hitting affair. Uh, could Sho be somebody for the future uh, that that can maybe work in the heavyweight division, Queen? I think he showed that he can throughout this cup and in this match with Shingo. It was super hard-hitting, as expected. Um, but it was so fast-paced and so... I think it was the best match of the night. And, mm. I, and I think that show is the best of Rapungi 3K. And right now, Yo is injured. So this is a great time to push forward show as a legitimate uh, competitor outside of junior heavyweight tag titles. And to see what he can do on his own. I think the never uh, open weight title is a great spot for him. Mm-hmm. I think that if he can build this story with Shingo and that end up taking that belt down the road and establishing himself in that arena, then we can see opportunities move for him maybe a little forward. Maybe mm-hmm. U.S. title picture, though right now I'm on Ishii for U.S. champ. Um, mm-hmm. But... That's that's kind of where my mind has been going with show. Like I, I don't think he's going to do IC or, or or IWGP heavyweight, but I was thinking never. I when I was thinking US. So mm. I think he's a viable contender, and I, not only is he my favorite of three K, but he's the only one that's operational. <laughs> so they have to do yeah. something with him, right? And mm-hmm. I think it would be a shame to to kind of sleep on him and let him go away. So right, of course, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I'll ask you about one other thing, then we'll we'll move on to the the, the tasty stuff regarding GCW, because um, yes. I'm super thrilled. Um, but uh, I, I want to go back to another an, another tweet of yours, or at least another conversation that we've had many many times, and and it's it's been a thought that's intrigued me so much, and 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 you kind of started the pace on this here. Um, you had asked previously if uh, in regarding to NXT if we were seeing a new era of NXT, and I think that now that Keith Lee is your new NXT champion, I think we've come full circle exactly to that point, Queen. Um, mm-hmm. What do you make of Keith Lee as the new champion? Is this the, the starting point for this new era of NXT? And where does Keith Lee go from here? Uh, couldn't happen to a better guy. 
This is mm. exciting stuff. I'm so happy he's champ champ over mm. there. Um, it was time for Adam Cole's run to come to an end. And he had 408 or 403, something like that, days as champion. Longest reigning champion. It was an excellent title defense. Um, you know, Adam Cole is one of the best, undeniably so. I, I don't think anybody can really argue that. He had mm-hmm. a great run. He's a great faction. And then we'll kind of see where he goes from here. As for Keith Lee, I think as this rebirth of NXT is kind of coming to fruition here and we're starting to see it, I don't think you can build your company around better people than Keith Lee, Io Shirai, and Karrion Cross, And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I feel is happening here. Um, we're going to see a lot of really cool feuds. Uh, Keith Lee as champion is, is a great choice. Eventually, they're going to have to break up the title belts, and I'll be very interested to see how they do that. But for now, Keith as champ champ is a good thing. It helps rebuild uh, the NXT division. Because, um, you know, we have a different thing with Johnny Gargano going on. He's not the same as he used to be uh, in terms of his character. And we have Ciampa hanging out. And we have Damian Priest and uh, Dominic Dijakovic and all these other guys who, mm. who need that kind of um, build in order to make this men's division feel super strong. And, of course, you have veteran Finn Balor hanging out there, too. So I think mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of great opportunities with Keith in NXT. And uh, now I feel like we're at a good place with them, with their mm-hmm. current champions. No, absolutely. Well, and, and um, I mean, you definitely brought up a lot of good names. And I think that this is really the marking of the reemergence of the big man in NXT. I mean, you've got, mm-hmm. uh, as you noted here, um, uh, in the previous golden generation, um, you know, the Gargano and Ciampa era, um, obviously you had, a, 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 I guess, um, guys that were considerably smaller in the men's division uh, that would be your heavyweight champion. You you had um, uh, Andrade. You had a, a relatively lean Aleister Black. You had guys like Gargano, Ciampa, Adam Cole, uh, Ricochet. Um, you had a, a lot of guys who were, would challenge for those spots that were um, significantly smaller than guys like uh, obviously Keith Lee, who's now the new champion, um, Damien Priest, uh, guys like... Um, I mean, uh, Karrion Cross obviously is massive. Um, yeah, he's and, a big dude, and, and, yeah. he, and, and he's doing a lot of big things. Um, and least we forget, uh, lurking in Europe is Volter, and and I really want to see Keith Lee and Volter have an NXT match. Um, uh, and and you know, <laughs> and that just blow my mind. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think that we are seeing the reemergence of the of the big man in NXT, and I also think that. Um, I'm I'm really glad that you had brought up also Io Shirai, and I think that the the women's division within NXT is really emerging uh, very strongly. They do have a lot of strong competitors in the women's division as well, and mm. I, I think that low key or perhaps even actually high key, the more that I'm thinking about it, the women's division in NXT really does carry the bulk of the show, and I'm really happy for that too. Yeah, it's nice to see that, you know, and especially in stark contrast to AEW. I love mm-hmm. AEW a lot, but their women's division is just it's it's better, but it's not I don't think where it needs to be. And it's for women's there, wrestling, it's yeah. ge- it's getting there, but it's not mm-hmm. quite there yet. In in comparison to the NXT women's oh, division, sure. it's like night and day. For sure. Um and that's no disrespect to anybody on the AEW roster. That's just facts. And mm-hmm. I think the NXT women's roster is setting the standard for amazing an amazing division along with the knockouts and impact i i just mm. think that those two in america right now are top tier 
Um, and, and I want to see women's wrestling be featured as much as it is on NXT elsewhere. Um, they get multiple matches per card sometimes, and that's an or per night, so to speak, on on Wednesdays. And we've seen mm-hmm. way more women's matches on the uh, pay per view events, which is excellent. That's what we need more of. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see them um, kind of leading that standard and, and waving that flag, so everybody kind of follows suit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and the other thing too about like AEW's women division too is I think that they're they're still in year one, whereas NXT's mm-hmm. been doing this for years and years and years. So they, they've absolutely. been able to for sure they've been able to kind of accumulate the talent and try and get it there. I mean, is every is everyone in the <gasps> NXT women's division like super on point with everything? No, it's still very much a developmental place. Um, but right, I, but, I think, but I mean, they have Io Shirai. Like, it, 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 <laughs> yes, it, it's very, it's very easy to Doesn't build a vision around someone like Io Shirai. <laughs> right. Know? Well, you, well, right. you've got Io, you've got Candice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you still have Rhea on on the NXT roster, um, Dakota Kai, it's, it's, and um, yeah, it, it's just there's so many great strong characters. Uh, that are in the NXT women's division, and I think it's it's really uh, you know becoming tops here for me um, a, a, as far as women's divisions within wrestling goes. And uh, AEW's not mm. super far behind; it's not like they can't catch up. But obviously, uh, NXT's had a had a few years head start. Um, yeah, let's move on to uh, to our our main dish here because I, I I really want to know about this, and and I I, I mentioned it to y'all before. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we went live with this recording. Um, but, um, the, the thing is, um, with, with hashtag speaking out and obviously queen, you've, you had a great round table episode about that and, and kind of what, what we as content creators need to do. So I, I totally give you props for, uh, for, for putting together that great, great episode. Um, I felt for a long time that I, it, it in the wake of speaking out, I can't really watch progress wrestling anymore. Um, I, I had to to shut off my subscription for that because it's just it's too hard to watch now. At this point, um, I love their older stuff, but I, at this point, it's I, I can't even fathom turning it on. So, in the wake of all that, I was like, okay, I need to find something that's different, something that's still independent wrestling. I I, I still want to feel that vibe and. I was inspired by you, Queen, and and, and also <laughs> Anthony from Smart to Death. Y'all have really talked up uh, GCW Game Changer Wrestling, um, mm-hmm. and and Stephen and I watched uh, some stuff yesterday, <laughs> and I think it blew both of us away. <laughs> How'd it go? What did we watch? How did it go? Tell me all about it. <laughs> so so we were watching the Fourth of July special um, yeah, from Backyard from, Wrestling Two. Yes, from just mm-hmm. last weekend. And, um, goodness, <laughs> uh, I've never really seen anything like that before. I, I, I was able to watch a few other GCW shows throughout the week leading up to that. And I, I will be showing Steven that, um, but, um, Queen, tell us about GCW. Tell us what got you into it. Because for me, it, 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 it definitely is, um, it's something that I've never personally seen or experienced before. Mm-hmm. GCW is a very different experience if you're if you weren't if you weren't expecting it um you will be surprised by it what i think is is the most unique about gcw is everyone always says oh my god that's the death math match promotion Mm. they stick needles in people's heads and scissors in people's throats and yeah they do that they definitely do that 
Um, they use weed whackers. There's all sorts of insanity <laughs> yeah. that happens. Um, and, and very true. It does that. Mm. What I think people are, are embracing, especially as of last year, is that GCW offers some of the best, if not the best, independent wrestling in the United States. They are just uh, in the top tier of, of independent wrestling companies. Mm. They bring you matches that are so competitive. But, you know, it's not like a storyline-driven thing, per se. There is mm. a storyline with their main title, because that's the title that they have. Mm-hmm. And they have things that, you know, they have, like, you know, people don't like each other and things like that. But it's not like what you watch on AEW or NXT or, or regular WWE stuff. It's not like... Okay, we're going to check back in and see what the new day is up to. It's not right. like that. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's not like that at all. It is very gritty. And what I love about GCW is that it's a family vibe. Like, once you are a GCW fan and you watch a bunch of these shows and you attend these shows, you're family. You become hmm. family. And it's a very intimate vibe. You know, they, they work small venues, sometimes big ones, bigger ones, but it's a small venue. You get pretty up close and personal well used to anyway pre-covid with Mm. these wrestlers because they they jump into the crowd they do stage dives and you know you have to move your chair and get out of the way because they're coming at you and um you know we feel very passionately about the king of this shit as we say nick gage and um you know there's this whole vibe and aura around gcw that i'm so grateful from last year until now that people are getting to see because I feel like it gets a little bit of a bad rep. <laughs> as like, mm. well, it's just the deathmatch company. It's not, though. Because la- uh, the- earlier this year in January, we had Tony Deppen versus Jake Atlas before Jake Atlas joined NXT. And mm. it was an extraordinary feat. Uh, it, w- it was an uh, unbelievable wrestling match. Uh, and I couldn't believe that we got to see that. And that's the kind of stuff that you'll get. You'll get some of the best people on the indie scene and they listen to the fans. They give us what we want. And it's a lot of fun. You will see a lot of doors. You will see a lot of chairs. You will see a lot of crazy spots. And you will see some of the best up-and-coming talent. Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and onwards and upwards, including my personal favorite, Effie. Mm-hmm. And Allie and Matt Justice and Mance Warner. There's such a vibe. And I, and I hope that kind of came through in some of the stuff that you watched. Well, yeah, and 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 Stephen, if if you feel different than I, then then please go, you know, please let me know. But um, so like we're watching the shows, and like I said, I, I watched other shows beforehand too with with GCW, and what I really appreciated, and I, I think the one that I watched too was uh, the World on GCW. I watched that uh, mm-hmm. part one and part two, um, but before Stephen came over yesterday, and I think what I felt was like. It's the same honesty and earnestness that that progress had when it first started, right? It it right. It, it was very intimate, very gritty, um, very um, very hardcore, uh, very DIY, you know, right? Not not as yeah. a Champa right. and Gargano, but very do it yourself, very independent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it it really had that 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 spirit to it. Um, but with, whereas progress was kind of like, it had this ethos of, um, uh, discipline and like that strong style vibe, very influenced by Japan. Uh, Mm. these guys certainly don't give a shit in GCW. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) And that's one of the cool things about it too, is like, like, yes, that, that guy just like went through 
went through a flaming table and that guy just got hit by a car and, and things like that. <laughs> but like even just going by like the commentary, like the these guys aren't taking themselves so seriously. Like like it's just a fun vibe and that's the thing that i really liked about it you know like with with like almost every other promotion to a certain degree like wwe nxt AEW, new japan it's very serious it's very like like this is the story i'm telling you whereas this one's just like yeah these guys are gonna hit each other for a little bit and we're gonna have a bunch of fun here and i it's really refreshing to to watch a promotion like that you know yeah and, and i'm glad that you brought up the commentary team because yeah, they're spectacular. Buddy. They're spectacular. <laughs> Aren't they amazing? They're I've, so great. I've never heard a commentary so honest before. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And, and Amelia will tell you exactly how it is. And another thing that's cool about the commentary team is they're just not afraid to, to say whatever they're going to say. And they will pop you. They will say very funny stuff. Absolutely. And every now and then, someone will sub in on commentary you know lately mm. uh, joey janela has been mm. coming back you know gcw is, is such a, a joey janela thing like i don't know if mm. everybody listening is aware but that's where he was before aew right and he, and he left mm. gcw to join aew and then he created this uh, ability for himself to kind of go back and, and work in gcw mm-hmm. uh, in 2020 which has been amazingly fun to see um but they have subs sometimes and joey just Drink several white claws or something, and um, <laughs> you know everything comes out. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, exactly. See, like that's what I'm talking about. It's just everything comes out. It's all just everyone having fun. You know, they they're not worrying about oh I can't say that because then Colgate's gonna pull their sponsorship. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just everyone's just having fun. I love it. That would yep. be the most ironic sponsorship for GCW would be Colgate. <laughs> I mean. Looking at, <laughs> I'd be totally down for it for sure. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, so and and I I saw things that I had never seen before. And obviously, like you said, it's hardcore, ultra violent death match. Not ultra violent, I wouldn't say, but it's it's definitely that death match style. Um, mm-hmm. like like the match that we saw with um with Paco Loco and Casey Quick. Oh God. Where oh it was God. just like, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, what is going on? Like this is yeah. this is absolutely insane. Um, you know, Casey Quick just he just wouldn't die, and he he, <laughs> no, he yeah. should have died several times. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it was it, it was that kind of match, or or the moment where um where Nasty Leroy, um he <laughs> he he pulls out a gun. And and I get yeah. it. It's in it's in kayfabe. It's, it's <laughs> but he pulls out a gun and threatens this the, the this uh this guy the forklift driver, the forklift yeah. driver uh yeah. to, to to basically almost commit murder on on his opponent. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 that that was a thing. And and, and look, I so great. I get it. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I've never seen that before, but it almost makes sense. Like, maybe if it was, like, The Undertaker in a Buried Alive match, he'd be like, I'm threatening, right? And the forklift driver would do his thing. But no, yeah. Nasty Leroy pulled out a gun and threatened <laughs> to, to shoot this forklift driver. Um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, in the main <laughs> event, uh, El Schlacko uh, defeated J.J. Escobar by basically... Um, fireworks he he defeated him via fireworks and via hit and run uh, yes. that's a <laughs> like, great way to put that yes 
Um, like I said, these are things that I've never seen before. And obviously it's all in jest. I get it. Nobody would really pull out a gun on a forklift driver. No one would really try and blow someone's crotch off with fireworks. Um, (laughs) but no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, what's so great about it. You know, is that they they don't take themselves seriously. And and I love that. Yeah, they definitely don't. And, And what's fun about the backyard show, which you watched is they come out in these in these crazy characters, right? And uh, because Paco Loco is Chris Dickinson, of mm-hmm. course, famous mm-hmm. indie wrestler Chris Dickinson, who's uh, you know beyond NGCW famous. We call him the Dirty Daddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, your boy, great Ooh, nickname. That power bomb that he did. Good Lord, have mercy. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a great nickname. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know they they come out in these fun characters. They have such a good time at the backyard show because it's just supposed to be wildness. Like that's what's different about like that show versus mm-hmm. Can't Feel My Face, which was earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very different vibes. Yeah, we had a door match in that show, but this one you had a lot more craziness. There was a trampoline. You're in literally someone's backyard. There's a kiddie pool type or a smaller pool type right. of vibe. There's scaffolding. There's a forklift, and there's light tubes galore. So like this one was a little more deathmatchy than not deathmatchy. Like mm-hmm. someone breathes fire. Facade was there. Mm-hmm. Um, as Vampiro, um, and uh, swallowed some, well, didn't swallow it, but put tiki torch lighter fluid in his mouth and lit it on fire and shot it at Atticus, Atticus Cougar, who was, I forget what his name was, who he was a, who he was that day, but that's mm-hmm. who he See, was. you just yeah. explaining that, like, I want to watch hilarious. that. Yeah, I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Don't you want to? It's a lot of fun. That's what GCW is. You're going to get a lot of serious stuff and you're going to get people whipping some ass for Mm. sure. One million percent. Right. But you're also going to have fun. You're going to see crazy spots. And Mm. it's not a GCW show unless one of the stunt brothers is getting thrown somewhere. You know? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Well, and you name dropped a lot of big names. Um, Like you you, you talked about Tony Depp and you talked about Jake Atlas um, Mm. and you talked about some up and comers as well. Um, so like, talk to me about who the major players are for, for those who haven't seen GCW or even, you know, want to, uh, if, if somebody wants to give it a try, right. Um, w- what are some, some, some of the names out there that people, uh, need to know about, uh, who are some, some maybe previous alumni, uh, of GCW and, and maybe some of the up and up and comers of GCW right now. Sure. Previous alumni, biggest name that people would know is Joey Janela. Um, he obviously is on in AEW right now, and he's been doing GCW appearances. But that's like your major huge name. Jake mm. Atlas would be another one who mm. made appearances in GCW. Now, of course, got signed to NXT. Um, in terms of your major players, you have Ricky Shane Page, mm-hmm. who they call affectionately, but not really affectionately, RS Pussy. Don't like him. <laughs> Everybody hates him. <laughs> Um, he defeated, well, let me put it this way. He is the current GCW champion, um, and, and we don't like him at all. He's part of 440, a uh, big Cleveland, Ohio guy with Atticus Cougar and a couple other people who are on kind of like his squad of nastiness. And um, mm-hmm. people are not afraid to get in his face. Like the GCW crowd will get in his face and scream RS pussy and like F you and all that stuff. Um, because of how passionately they feel about the other guy, which is Nick Gage. Nick Gage is a, he's a shot caller. He's a certified badass. He robbed a bank in a previous life and, uh, you know, did prison time and came out. And uh, he's probably one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. 
Mm-hmm. He's super passionate about wrestling. He's super passionate about his fans. Um, he's on Cameo now, in case you were interested. Uh, mm. He dropped this great Cameo about uh, how he will beat transphobes up. Um, so he's very yes. pro LGBTQ. Mm. I don't know if you saw that floating around. <laughs> I did. I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, yeah. I, I would, I would go to war with this guy, right? Like, like yeah. you, you feel well, inspired. You're, you're exactly correct. You feel inspired by him. That's how he talks. He's, you know, MDK all fucking day, right? Murder, death, kill. So mm. that he's gang affiliated. He's, you know, one of the guys that like you don't want to be on his bad side. Um, mm. And he has a ravenously loyal fan base. Um, and his entrance is something special. If you've never seen GCW before, watch a Nick Gage entrance and watch his interaction with the crowd. Like, he gets hyped up by, like, chest-bumping people and pushing people back and forth, like a mosh pit type mm-hmm. thing. Nice, nice. A little safer, but yeah. Well, <laughs> and, um, well he, he comes out to For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is right. a song by uh-huh. Metallica, which, I mean, it gives sure it is, gives yeah. me chills every time I hear that. Like, the, 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 the bong of the of the bell and mm-hmm. the, you know, then the the super crazy distorted guitars that are just super heavy and it, it just gives me chills every time. And then Nick Gage comes out and it's like, oh my god, it's like it's like the Sandman with Inter Sandman, right? <laughs> um, it but, is, yes. But like next level because Nick Gage is probably not drunk, or maybe not drunk that like to the Sandman's point, and he Nick Gage can actually do shit, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, he's great. And he's he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. Um, some some people that I've been impressed by, some up and comers mm-hmm. were like um, Alex Zane and Blake Christian in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those They're guys amazing. are. Absolutely amazing. The athleticism that Alex Zane has is off the charts. And yeah. um, I, I think I maybe I heard a, a little bit of a rumor, and may, maybe this was on Smart to Death Radio, which uh, I, I think mm-hmm. you, obviously, and Anthony, and maybe it was even JPQ discussed this a little bit um, last week. Uh, Alex mm-hmm. Zane possibly going to New Japan? Is that is that is that realistic, or is that is that um, is that not well the case? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> let's put it let's put it this way. Okay. okay. Synergy Pro Wrestling was having a show, and their main event was supposed to be Alex Zane versus Blake Christian in an Iron Man match, right? Okay. Then they got okay. told that they had to quarantine earlier than, I guess, expected or or whatever uh, in California, right? Mm. And uh, we're, we're, would not be able to do the Synergy show. So Colin West of Synergy Pro Wrestling was able to book War Horse versus AJ Gray. Um, and AJ Gray, another staple in GCW, he's always in some sort of scramble match, and he was at one time the GCW champion mm. until RSP ruined that. So mm. fuck you, RSP. Anyway, um, <laughs> so AJ Gray is awesome. That's another guy you should watch out for. But um, mm. so that happened, right? So if you if you put the pieces together, okay, mm-hmm. they have to quarantine for a certain amount of time. They're quarantining in California. Certainly WWE wouldn't make you quarantine like that nope aw (laughs) no right (laughs) that leaves in the states right Right. that leaves new japan Mm. in california where the dojo is and new japan started this new show lions break on friday nights so like if you put the puzzle pieces together it seems like new japan to me Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is freaking dope because if alex zane oh i love blake christian i think he's great i think he could use a little more time but 
if he trains in the dojo, oh, Lord, Jesus. But Alex Zane, I feel like, could easily step into, like, best of Super Juniors and have a great old time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I love Alex Zane's, like, Taco Bell kind of gimmick where he's, like, the yeah. hot sauce, right? Like, I love that. I think that would... <laughs> I think that would be big in Japan. I don't know why. I just see it being big. Um, but but uh, so it's also him and Blake Christian. Possibly rumor has it, or or putting the pieces that together. Both, yeah, wow. Both of them were asked to quarantine. So my assumption would be, based off all those context clues, <laughs> is that they would be doing lion's break for New Japan. Well, fingers um, crossed here. I hope you're right. Fingers Queen. crossed. Yeah, seriously. I hope I'm right too because I think that's awesome. And now you know, Alex Zane did some stuff. In Japan before COVID hit, um, I had the pleasure of speaking with him on uh, Tiffany from All Elite Pods Indie Talks podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we were chatting while he was in Japan and had Taco Bell in Japan. and was explaining all of that and how that works and how it's different than here. And and mm-hmm. uh, he's a really cool guy and he's got a lot of potential and he had a great time in New Japan um, when he was there. So I'm not surprised. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. It was Side tangent here. Taco Bell yeah. different in Japan. Uh, I mean, better yeah. better quality, perhaps. I think he was very intrigued by the options, if Ooh. I remember correctly. Like mm. they were they were the same but different. Um, <laughs> they have different things in Japan that they don't have in the states, which is kind of normal, right? Like yeah, if you yeah. go to France, you can get different things at McDonald's than you can here. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a different vibe. He said, um, I mean, he loves Taco Bell here, but he said he loved Taco Bell in Japan. So maybe add that to your list if you go, and I don't know. (laughs) Well, I I hope so. One day day soon, hopefully, a a trip to Japan is on the horizon. Um, That'd be killer. (laughs) Oh, I know, right? Um, so yeah, no, I mean, that would be a, that would be a huge get, especially for, for the Lions Break show that is more American based for New Japan. Um, you know, obviously Blake Christian and Alex Zane, both, man, that would be, that would be awesome. So fingers crossed there, Queen. Um, let's talk major shows. What, what, what major shows does, um, GCW put on that are like recurring? Because it it sounds to me like the backyard thing from when I'm scrolling through fight, it looks like there's always the recording, uh, recurring shows like the backyard show, uh, blood sport with their partnership with, uh, Josh Barnett seems to be a recurring thing. Um, what, what are the, the marquee shows that people should be looking out for, for GCW? Yeah. I mean, th- those are two right there that are, that are recurring. And then I would also throw in Joey Janela's spring break, which happens mm. normally at WrestleMania weekend. Um, we were mm-hmm. supposed to have Joey's Janela's spring break part four. Um, obviously that didn't happen, but those are kind of the ones that you'll see every year. They will have similar shows in, in terms of like timing, um, throughout the year, but what they're called or how they'll be done and where they'll be done will be slightly different. Um, gotcha. You can expect a lot of their shows in Jersey, of course, their home base, but also they do a lot of shows in Philadelphia. They've done stuff in Chicago. Um, All Out Weekend, they did Two Cups stuff, Stuffed, excuse me, mm. with um, BLP, and they merged, um, and the main event was Nick Gage versus Effie. I was at that show. It was insane. It was super fun. I don't know if that's going to be a thing that they do for All Out Weekend, but I think it would be a mistake not to. Um, right. So that that might be reoccurring. I guess we'll kind of see what happens now with COVID. I'm not really sure what we're going to do because I, I don't think All Out was going to happen you know, in the same way that we had all hoped it would. And, and obviously all of the wrestling shows have been very, very different, including Mania this year. Absolutely. Um, but they they do, you know, GCW had a huge thing planned Mania Weekend, which was for the culture. Mm. Um, 
so many African-American wrestlers featured, um, very cool things. Effie's big gay brunch was planned. So what's cool about GCW is they're very LGBTQ plus friendly. They're very uh, outspoken, you know, for Black Lives Matter and promoting culture and diversity, not only in their locker room, but in, in the shows that they they push, which I just think mm-hmm. is the coolest thing. Um, yeah, so absolutely. I, yeah. It, it might end up being a mainstay too on Mania Weekend. I don't know yet. We, we just kind of have to see. But the ones you mentioned, Bloodsport is always a thing that they do. Um, the Backyard and uh, Spring Break would be like the, the ones that happen uh, recurring. Yeah, no, definitely, and and that's that's one of those vibes too that I, that I really picked on uh, picked up on very quickly is just how how you know socially progressive uh, GCW is, and I think that's a really cool vibe too that to have that like that um, inclusivity, you know, everybody's welcome, you know, you know, don't be a dick kind of thing. I, I really yeah. do, I really do like that vibe. Um, Bloodsport was the one that I think most people can can relate to just because of how. Um, how popular it, it was over WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I want to say last year, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yes. um, uh, basically they're partnered with Josh Barnett currently, who's a mixed martial arts legend um, and, and has done pro wrestling more and more recently. Um, but he, I mean, you, you've seen, you see names like from, from both mixed martial arts and as well as pro wrestling. So like um, you've got Josh Barnett, obviously Minoru Suzuki, who's a legend in both, arenas yes. right um frank oh, mir dope uh, yeah frank mir's on there um timothy thatcher they got timothy thatcher jonathan gresham uh dan yep. severn mixed martial arts legend um uh also killer, killer cross. cross too yeah mm-hmm. so like just some um and davy boy smith jr just they, they've been able to put out some outstanding um matches here but blood sport itself is is highly intriguing queen and and could you maybe tell the the listener here who's maybe not familiar with Bloodsport, what exactly it is, because I found this to be super interesting. Yeah, Bloodsport is really cool. Bloodsport has no ropes. So it's very jarring to see for the first time if you're not expecting it, because Mm. it's not a wrestling ring. It's a mat, right? So it's a combination of this, like, MMA style and wrestling. Mm -hmm. So we we see both. It's grappling. It is technical chain type wrestling you know if you like Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata in New Japan and watching what they do you would love this because it's very hard hitting and it it is like kind of it's like Sparta that's how I feel about Bloodsport it's like the Spartans are here to grapple and we're watching like the first Olympics (laughs) kind of thing Mm. because that's that's how I imagine it to be right we're just we're we're in this square everybody's in the audience watching and they're just going to try to beat the crap out of each other and mm-hmm. whoever wins, wins. And it's a very big respect thing. It is a very big um, uh, show of strength, of course. And you have very interesting people coming in from everywhere, right? Because it's GCW. It's it's whoever Josh Barnett brings in on his side. And then you'll, you'll got Minoru Suzuki. Like, that doesn't suck. So right. <laughs> you have that come in. And, of course, he's in New Japan. Um, so it is, a, it is a different experience than what you're used to. If you're going to watch for people jumping off things, this is not for you. Mm. Um, if that's what you love, if you like flippy stuff and, and a lot of action, it's a different type of action here. It's hard-hitting, on-the-ground mat wrestling slash MMA slash submissions. Um, and, and you either tap out or you get knocked out. Like, that's that's it. Right. Okay. So, See, that's what I was going to ask. Is it, like, still pinfall submission or or, like, what? It's knockout or you tap out. That's it. Fair enough. <laughs> you can't either you can't go on anymore, 
or that's it. <laughs> hey, I respect that. <laughs> right. Yeah, very hard hitting and super fun. And uh, both of them, I recommend you go back and watch because they're very different, but very cool at the same time. Um, right. And, and yeah. we're absolutely going to do that because we, we need to recover something from uh, next weekend because of uh, uh, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I feel like we need to actually inject some <laughs> some some more violence into whatever yeah. Extreme yes, Rules is going to be. Yes, more violence! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Stephen, I think we're going to we're going to watch Blood uh, the two Bloodsport shows, um, the, the I'm, ones I'm with so Josh Barnett. Um, I did get a chance to watch uh, one of the pre-shows for it, uh, which actually featured a match between Chris Dickinson, uh, who we were talking about uh, previously, and um, mm-hmm. actually Andy Williams, uh, who, the the butcher, um, Andy Yo. Williams from from Every Time I Die. Uh, they, nice. they they had a, a, a nice little match um, uh, on Bloodsport, sure and uh, like like Queen said, it was hard hitting. It was you know some some big slams, and, and what I found to be intriguing too is like um, I remember seeing. Um, things from the first blood sports show that they did where um, John Moxley, who at the time was Dean Ambrose, but he, he was mm-hmm. there seeing that first, you know, blood sport with Josh Barnett show um, yeah. uh, with William Regal. And you could tell how in like intensely interested he was in, in oh, kind yeah. of everything that mm-hmm. was going on. And this was so do- new and so different for him. And Moxley was originally slated to do a match with Josh Barnett um, at sure a was. blood sport um, mm. pre-COVID. Um, yeah. So, um, the, the we'll interesting, get it eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and that's the thing I kind of wanted to to. to close out with is there there is some some hope uh in that josh barnett was on the joe rogan experience podcast he even which has a huge audience obviously um and he he was directly name dropping gcw he wants to do another blood sports show he was talking about new japan as well but he he directly name dropped gcw and said let's do another blood sport and try and do this obviously with moxley's situation you know fingers crossed everything's you know good there um, hopefully that does become a thing that they can do here relatively soon. Um, yeah. Queen, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave off with this here. If you're getting into GCW, you want to check out, uh, you know, um, a show, maybe, maybe purchase a show or two off of fight TV. I personally have, I highly recommend it, but what, what, um, shows or, or matches should people, um, who want to break into GCW, what are some must sees for you? Oh boy. Okay. So I'm going to say that I'm going to pull up my, my purchase history for GCW so Mm -hmm. I can tell you what I think. Um, the world on part two was their first show back post COVID. I think that's worth the watch because they kind of set the standard for indie wrestling scene in terms of like taking care of sanitation and social distancing and all that stuff. And there's some great matches in here. Mm-hmm. I would also say that you should go back to, um, let's see, the first world on was great. Um, what was the one? Acid Cup Part 2, which was the last show before COVID shutdown. Mm-hmm. That Jimmy um, Jimmy Lloyd, who is someone we didn't talk about, but he's a mainstay. He's a different boy, Jimmy Lloyd, um, <laughs> at GCW, versus Joey Janela in a social distancing match. That's worth it alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth it alone to watch. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yep. Um, if you like <laughs> Japanese stuff mm. and you're into it, return to Japan. 
from February, GCW. Excellent show. Uh, lots of blood, lots of craziness. Um, so they, they had a huge little like uh, stint in Japan. So those mat- those shows were great. Um, and I'm trying to find the one. Take a picture. That's the one I was looking for. So take mm. a picture. Six months ago, it was in your neck of the woods in Texas. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the best GCW shows I've ever seen. And then the one I went to, which was um, I Can't Feel My Face. So those would be some recommendations I would give you. If you're looking for death matches and that's what you really want, check the backyard ones out mm-hmm. and then check out Nick Gage's Invitational. If you want some blood and you want some weed whackers and some crazy light tube shit, <laughs> check that out. Right on. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, I think I think you definitely piqued Steven's interest and uh, I'm sure he and, <laughs> he and Chase will be watching those shows for sure. Um but yeah, no, um, I, I sincerely appreciate you for coming on. I know you've had a very long evening oh, <laughs> uh, s- staying up to to watch New Japan. Um, definitely get some rest, Queen. But big things are happening around Queen's court right now um, and, and just everything Queen of NE. Uh, congrats on your, your, your new partnership, obviously, with, with WrestleJoy. Um, talk to us a little bit about that and, and where can the people find you, Queen? Ah, well, boys, you're the best. Thanks so much for having me today in my uh, punch drunk uh, state, such as it is. Uh, but thank you so much for having me. Um, so you can find me at the Queen of Any on Twitter. Queen's Court is every single Wednesday on Smart to Death Radio. I, I used to be partners with JBQ, but he left me. So we'll just mm. not say hashtag Queen Above Connection Wednesdays, but that's okay. I'll survive. <laughs> um, and then I did start. A new project with Russell Joy. Thank you so much for the congrats. It's a beautiful project called Cup of Joy. I have a new logo that I debuted, uh, which is a chibi form of Queen. And then uh, I debuted the logo for Cup of Joy. And it's every Friday on Russell Joy, uh, WrestleJoy.com. And on my personal feed, which you can hit my link tree and Twitter and find it. Um, it's a little piece of wrestling joy from me to you. It could be a match. It could be an interview. It could be a moment in wrestling. It could be something that I saw that I want to share. It's a short little show. Nothing major. You know, a, a nice uh, commute as we're going back to work, so to speak. A nice mm-hmm. commute little show uh, for you to spread some joy. And uh, definitely follow at WrestleJoy on Twitter. Uh, they have some great things going on over there. Yes, absolutely. Well, and and like I said, I mean, you you're also on um, Smart to Death Radio, obviously, yeah. uh, with, with with Anthony and and, and Warren and uh, Mags, um, yes, and so all good things there for sure too. Um, JPQ obviously recently retired. Uh, we 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 poured one out for him last week. Um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 great stuff that's that's going on for you and i'm i'm super thrilled for you and obviously all your hard work is paying off and you know congratulations on everything going on uh, all around uh, you and queen's court and everything and and you really are the best uh, obviously we wouldn't be in the position we're in without you um so sure. you know we uh, we thank you very much for obviously coming on today and everything that you're doing um obviously uh twitter uh, hit you up queen of ne as well um and uh, obviously subscribe to uh, to Smart to Death and check out WrestleJoy uh, for all of Queen's content. Um, <laughs> Thanks, pals. Yeah. 
Um, for for us, I mean, we already plugged our stuff earlier yesterday, um, which is also the same episode. Which is this is a whole Time quagmire. Travel. Yeah, I'm I'm so confused. This episode is very Giggity. strange. Um, but but, but uh, yes, uh, you can find our stuff Headlock Talk on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, we've got our link tree there. You can hit us up for uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, all the stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, uh, definitely check out. Um, I, I think we're going to actually be uploading some new stuff to YouTube soon. So, yay. Good stuff. We're going to have to. Woo-hoo! Yeah, we're going to have to the renovate. <laughs> we're going to have to renovate that a little bit. I think we still got all the J Raw stuff on there. Um, yeah, so, so. so, if you like the, the old J Raw stuff. You can find some of that there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Stephen, um, I really can't think of anything else. I think that's it. I think it's it. I, I think we had a great time here. Thank you again, Queen, for coming on. This was an absolute joy and a pleasure, as yes. always. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, oh, thank uh, you, boys. Also, I just want to say mm-hmm. I love what you guys are doing uh, with all of your new stuff in, the, in this oh. different time of, of wrestling, uh, podcasting, and <laughs> trying new things. I think it's awesome, and you've put out some really dope stuff. So I'm I'm really hoping that the uh, the people are listening. Yes, oh, thank you, thank, thank you. you. We we really appreciate that. Oh, um, my heart. Oh. <laughs> 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 I I wish we could say, but we work hard at it. But <laughs> normally, <laughs> oh normally, no, normally Stephen and I are just like. Uh, let's eat some Chick Fil A. Let's talk some stuff, and then uh-huh. oh, here's some ideas. Okay, let's put it like, together. It's, oh, it's, that's funny. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really it's really like a boiler room session. We do work hard, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, no lie, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um it's a lot of fun, and we sincerely appreciate you, Queen. Thank you so much for coming on. Get some rest, cause uh, I think we all need it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Going gonna take a nap. We're gonna be good. It's okay. Right. It's worth it for New Japan. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's true. New Japan is fine, everybody. N- New Japan is fine. Um, <laughs> y'all take care out there. Be safe. Know that we love you. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else. Also, hit up naturallyhemps.com. Use promo code HLT10 to receive 10% off on all of your purchases. It also never expires. So uh, make sure to use that promo code for all your CBD needs. Otherwise, y'all take care, have yourselves a great rest of the day, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. All right, everybody, blow a kiss. Bye-bye. Later. Goodbye. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. At Zenni, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? 
Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone.